Hello, everyone, and welcome to BXP's Bits and Bobs, episode 51. God damn, I thought this would be a quiet time of year, and actually there's like a million fucking indie games to play, um, which is kind of the unofficial official title of this episode. With me today, I only have one illustrious compatriot, and it's Richard Worrell. Hello, Richard. Hello. Only one, but I am illustrious, so that's nice. Thank they, you. Well, no, yeah, only one, but Joel's I, I, just busy, family stuff. He's got loads of young kids and stuff, and sometimes he, he needs to, you know... Do things with them on a weekend, whereas me and Richard can just be here saying "fuck God" at our ten a.m. slot on a Sunday morning. Fuck you, Christ! That's it always so feels Christ. doesn't it? It always feels like such a good idea doing this podcast, and I always yeah. feel tired and like I haven't woken up yet. So cool, cool for that. And like it's been really hot, and I know that sounds. I imagine if you live in America, uh, especially in like the states that you know have real summers. And it's like 37 degrees regularly every year. You listen to the Brits bitch about it being hot and you're like, shut the fuck up. But it's been really hot. No, you okay. know, I'm, I'm going to call them out on any of that nonsense because you know that they have these summers all the time. They have aircon to yeah. respond to those summers. We do not. That's the thing. That's we the thing. We are dying here. There's only, there's only so many fans you can buy. And yeah. they just when they're just blowing around hot air doesn't really help that much um but thankfully the last two days it seems to have broken a little bit we're down into the 20s now uh and there's been rain and stuff and i've never been so grateful for fucking rain in my life like mm, oh my god oh my beautiful god. oh my god um it's just it's just been it's been really difficult to like motivate yourself to especially just sit and play video games when it's so sticky that's the problem i've had um it's kind of like I'm, I'm not it's just not been like top of my list but i mean it's a shame because there's been all these great sales and I've actually had this opportunity to play some really, really cool games, which we'll talk about in a bit as well. But um, how, how have you been, Rich? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Um, well, like you say, it's been really sunny. Um, I have actually been playing quite a lot of games just to get out of the sun. So my, my, my achievements this month on Xbox are insane. But um, yeah, I've had a reasonably quiet month with family visits in and out breaking it up i suppose so yeah just a nice quiet couple of weeks do you uh shall shall we do our little do, 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 do. what have you been watching on what streaming services we can do that i've been watching extinction the new netflix movie that is about um aliens ostensibly right. Help me out a little bit, right? There seems to have been, in the last couple of months, three or four Netflix movies with a title mm. like Extinction that seems to be dealing with that idea. So there was the Martin yeah. Freeman zombie one. There was the Michael Pena one, which I think is the one you're talking about. And then yeah. there's the Forrest Whitaker one. So I'm, I'm losing a little bit of track here because maybe spread out your releases a tiny bit Netflix. But was the Michael Pena one, which seems like the weirdest casting ever, was mm. it good? Because I want to watch it. <laughs> it. It is good. So some of the movies that you've just mentioned are not good. I think okay. the Forrest Whitaker one was How It All Ends. Or Brilliant. How It Ends. Is that what it was? Sure. And They all, say the, they all sound the same. It's the problem I've got. Like... Yeah. I think it's called How It Ends. And I, I remember it um, particularly because it was notable for not having a fucking ending. So watch that. For the irony um but that wasn't really about aliens that was more about um 
just some nondescript apocalypse and people having to become assholes because that's what apocalypses do to people. And there's no real resolution at the end of it. It's just, oh, so there were some assholes and then they drove away. That's the film. So I've, I can't really say I've spoiled it for you because there is no ending to spoil. I, I know my post-apocalyptic genre very well. So mm. uh, I suspect that's not worth watching. Okay. No, carry so on. Carry on. That. Yeah. Um, what was the film I started talking about? Extinction. I, yeah. saw, I saw this pop up and I thought, I've seen that, haven't I? I think in <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Annihilation but, um, or something like that. But no, it's a new movie and it's actually really quite good. It's got decent um casting it's got some decent action sequences it's got some really good sound design so if you think back to mass effect and you know when the reapers appeared and you got that awful sound mm. like oh yeah. shit and you there'd be a similar thing in like war of the worlds yep the totally. uh, jeff wayne musical thing the sounds through that that you're just like oh shit that, that sound and this has got that same vibe. That's cool. All right, now I'm more interested now. You told me that. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, yeah. and how's Michael Pena as like a serious lead? Um, I don't know. I recognise him, but I don't know what he's from. from he's before. like a comedian. He's he's often in ensemble comedian pieces. He plays the comedy sidekick in, sidekick in the Ant Man movies, for example. Uh... Um, he's often that guy. He's not usually the lead. Um, okay. I think he has done dramatic stuff previously, but he's much more known for the comedic stuff. Yeah. No, he pulls it off because his uh, he is a lead role, but his character is kind of um, sort of a family man without massive aspirations, just barely treading water, keeping his family together. And, um, you know, he doesn't really have to stretch himself. He, he has to be so, sort of a background character because that's who his character is. It works. Okay. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't really want to say too much because there's kind of a twist. Okay, no, 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 no. I, I mean, really I know there's, I know from the trailer there's elements of he can, he's like be communicating with them. He's been dreaming about the invasion. He sort of knows mm. something's coming in the trailer. Um, so there's clearly some kind of connection there, which is an interesting idea, I'm, I'm, I guess. Yeah, so that's part of the problem he has with his family is that he keeps having these nightmares and he tells his wife he doesn't want to go and see a professional about it because they'll tell him it's all in his head. And it is all in his head, she tells him. And, um, yeah, it's so not. watch it and find out what that's about. Okay. It Maybe she's an watch. alien. Maybe she's an alien bitch. Just oh, yeah. I don't know. It's possible. Maybe. Um, you know, that's another... That's another genre convention i always enjoy talking about genre conventions though richard you know who mark commode is don't you i do the Good. film critic film critic film critic he has an amazing new series on um on bbc i think it's what's the channel that does still exist not is it three or four that got axed i can't remember now but he's on the one that didn't get made digital uh, i don't know because they said that one was going to get axed and then it wasn't axed I'm, and then maybe it was on, later. I don't know. On TV, I can tell you that terrestrial conventional television, which I very, very, very rarely watch, but I made a point of watching Mark Commode's Secrets of Cinema, and it's basically he he is a very knowledgeable dude, and interestingly, the uh, it's all like him explaining genres. So he started off with rom coms, then he did heist movies, uh, and he's going to be going through those five or five or six or seven of these episodes where it's each an hour long, you know, no adverts. It's a deep dive 
into things to do with genre conventions. Lots of examples of cinema, uh, breaking down the three-act structure and how it applies to them. So, you know, it's educational, it's interesting. As a film buff, I found it absolutely fascinating. And the piece, the, the documentary itself, has been written with Mark Commode and Kim Newman, another brilliant film critic in the UK. So you can tell that these guys really know what they're talking about, but it's accessible. It's not dry and boring. It's entertaining and interesting. Um, so I, if you're interested in cinema at all, which I know you are, Rich, I would highly yeah. recommend checking this out, mate. Like it will be on iPlayer, easy to watch. Um, it's fa it's fa fucking amazing. And it's just like, it's for me, it's like, oh man, I love that movie. I haven't seen that movie in years. I'm going to find a way of getting hold of that movie so I can watch it again. And that it's kind of like, good, man. That yeah, it's kind of like, creating a, a wish list of films for me um which i need to catch up on one of which was like the heist movie was heat came up a lot and i was like oh, yeah. i've not watched heat in about 10 years i think i'm going to show that to the wife she's never seen it so it's I've just heat, actually. mate it's it's a flipping classic it's brilliant um it's it's really 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 excellent um yeah. i do like the idea of a show where people know what they're talking about it seems so long since experts were in vogue doesn't it mm-hmm yeah, that would be nice. People. Who yeah, Mark, Mark Kermode has long had a radio show um, with, is it Simon Mayo, I want to say. Yeah. And I, I used to listen to the podcast of that, but I got a little bit bored of their betonage, um, their to and fro. It was a bit too scripted, um, but he's clearly knowledgeable, and it's great to see him actually have a TV show yeah. to really Simon get into Mayo these really isn't, And he has that same program, program when he's talking. What's the what's the show he does on, t on TV? It's like a segment of the news sometimes, isn't it, where he reviews movies? And he's always talking to someone who's clearly there just to read the news and knows nothing about movies whatsoever. And he's trying so hard to get them involved, and it just never works. So, yeah, if there's people passionate about the subjects that they're talking about on television, good. About time. Yeah, and it's, and it's you know, who knew Mark Commode was into his rom-coms, but it was like, you know, really deep diving into the classics and stuff like that. And, it, and same with Heist. It's brilliant. If you like film, you should check it out. And in a similar vein, if you like cinema, I highly recommend you get yourself to one as soon as possible and watch Mission Impossible Fallout, which is possibly my favorite film of the year so far. Oh, and this, okay. is in a year, this is in a year of Star Wars movies, of Infinity Wars. It is an absolutely amazingly constructed action thriller. I am a big fan of the Mission Impossible series. They seem to have got better with each iteration, um, mm. which is an incredible like return on that franchise. That, ne that never happens. But with each sequel that comes out, they get better with the characters. They get better with the set pieces. Uh, and it's just, you know, when you watch an action movie sometimes and it's mm -hmm. unrelenting and you feel like you've been beaten around the head and you're like exhausted when you come out. Yeah. This this doesn't stop. However, it's paced so well uh, that the scenes are broken up in ways that you never feel confused. You're swept along on this journey and it almost feels like in real time with the characters. Um, and it just feels it's the way it's shot, the way it's edited, the acting, you know, it, it doesn't hurt you to watch it. You just feel completely engrossed. It felt like I didn't blink for two hours. I was mm -hmm. on the edge of my seat for the whole thing. Uh, sure, there's plenty of cliche in there for action scenes, uh, you know, but it was more like nods to the genre and the conventions of stuff rather than just ripping it off. Uh, it pays back to all the previous Mission Impossibles with nods to different scenes um, throughout the throughout the series, which I thought was really well done as well. And it ties things up in a brilliant way. So if you're if you're a fan of this series, I couldn't recommend it enough. I I've never failed to be impressed by them, and I absolutely loved this one. It was absolutely perfect.
if you're in the mood for good, mm. smart, well-directed action, it's brilliant. Yeah, I suppose the the lazy tendency is to assume that they have found their formula and that it's diminishing returns with each one. But no, good to hear it's improving on the series. I will watch that. It's a bit like the, the opposite to it, in a way, is the Fast and Furious franchise, which yeah. I'm a big fan of as well. But when they hit five and they introduced The Rock and they made it that new formula, six, seven and eight have just been iterations on that, that have just built on it and just gone for bigger is better. But that yeah. hasn't necessarily captured that same special moment that you had in that fifth film. Whereas Mission Impossible is always being smart with the writing always being smart with the characters and taking things in a realistic and yet surprising and exciting direction i absolutely i fucking adored it mate like seriously really really good movie really really good movie before i talk about the next thing i just want to give a shout out to our viewers i am terrible interacting with the viewers i need to get better with this um people have pointed out that i should be in the chat room on youtube talking to them as well i find that very difficult especially when there's only two of us uh, i won't be doing that today um however thank you for watching i really appreciate that and, I didn't uh, even think of that. Is that yeah. something we can do? Oh, wow. Yeah, totally is. And uh, I never do it. And I, and I, I did it last time. And um, that didn't really work. And I'm going to get better at that. <laughs> but yeah, so, so so sorry about that. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you want to leave us some comments, please do. And I can always, or questions that we can address them next time. But yeah, there's only two of us today. So I'm not going to try and be in the chat room as well. Um, it's just too distracting. Uh, finally, one final film I wanted to quickly touch on because it does something, did something that was really clever and really cool for the genre, which is Blockers. Which mm. have you heard of Blockers? I've heard of this. I so this is the it. this is the coming of age comedy about a group of girls going to prom, deciding they want to lose their virginity, and their parents deciding they wanted to stop them. And what sets this apart from the usual kind of film of this genre which would make the you know which would generally make the, the girls victims is that the, these teenage girls are incredibly smart incredibly savvy know their own minds know what they want or at least know that they want to figure things out for themselves and then will come to their own decisions and don't need their parents interactions or protection uh, and it's smart it's modern it's very well written it wasn't super funny i enjoyed john cena in it he actually is really proving that he can lead a film now i think with that he's mm. got great comedic timing um yes. However, it was. I just wanted to mention it because it doesn't fall into all the tropes and traps that you expect from this kind of film. There is gross out humor in there. There are silly moments, but it's really more of a case of the parents being big kids and the kids being young adults. If you know what I mean, they they flip it around, uh, mm. and it and it's really really clever. Um, I think if you're a fan of the genre, it's worth watching just to sort of see that you you can have an interpretation of this in 2018 that feels uh genuine and realistic to the world we actually live in and isn't just full of fucking tropes um so that was that was really cool as well blockers i watched that the other night when the missus was out at work too so i was like i'm gonna watch a comedy i know she wouldn't want to watch with me um so yeah it's cool oh, man that's considerate of you uh yes well she just moans it's like oh, do you want to watch this and it'll be like no I was like, oh, I just never get to watch it. So it's just like, I'm just going to watch it by myself then. It's fine. <laughs> you know how it is, Rich. Yes, I you do. Know how, the, 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 <laughs> the negotiations involved. Sometimes, you know, when you go, oh, you want to fancy watching a movie? And they'll be like, yeah, I fancy watching a movie. And then an hour later, you still haven't started watching a movie. And now it's too late to watch a fucking movie because you got to get up <laughs> the next day for work. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, that, oh, well, that, that, was a, that was a waste of fucking time. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> married life <laughs> the mm. negotiations of day-to-day -day married life that's just how it is isn't it um have you uh anything else you wanted to mention any other things you've seen or anything or should we move on to the news 
uh, what have I watched? What else have I watched? I watched The Innkeepers yesterday. That was kind of interesting. What's The Innkeepers? Um, Innkeepers I watched on my last day of Amazon Prime Access. Um, it's a horror movie following all the ghosts in a hotel sort of tropes. Um, so it's about a couple of people looking after this hotel on the weekend that it closes. And because there's no guests around, or very few guests, they decide this is probably the time when they're going to have the best opportunity to find the fabled hauntings that exist in this hotel. Mm. It's got Kelly McGillis in it out of Top Gun, who has not aged well. Okay. And um, it just does a really good job of building its characters. Again, another one with not the best ending in the world, but uh, the work it does to build its its characters and make you care about it. Is it is it serious horror or is it comedy? It's both. It, it balances it really well. So it's got some funny moments. Um, it is a serious horror, but it doesn't build itself entirely around that. It's got enough levity and enough character character building to make you care about it, rather than trying to ram down your throat lots of jump scares that just don't um don't pay off so it for for what it's worth it's a good hour and a half with a slightly diluted disappointing ending but worth it while you know while you while while it's building itself up it's worth a watch okay i've not heard of that at all is it relatively new i think it's about four years old okay okay um, I wasn't I expecting anything from it because Sarah really likes ghost films, right? And mm. I thought this this looks bad. And the, from the trailer, it really didn't look good at all. But yeah, it does some really good work. It's it's worth. I'm it. uh, I'm waiting for that that new. I forget what it was called. Talking about ghost films, the one with Martin Freeman in that was in the cinema this year. I want to say like Ghost Stories or something like that is what it was called. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm waiting for that to come out um, digital and stuff so I can watch that because I like the structure of that. The three vignettes tied together by an investigator and it's sort of descent into darkness and all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm up. I'm up for that. I, I like, you know, like so I like a good ghost story. Um, I'm a, I, I don't know where you are with ghosts, but I'm kind of like in the position of uh, I don't disbelieve it. I don't believe it. I'm willing to be convinced. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm open-minded yeah. enough about them that, you know, I, I lived in a house that was really old. And it, I think if there was investigators came to my house, they would definitely have said residual hauntings uh, would have been the term they would have used at, at where I used to live. Like, you know, the high idea of energy yeah. transferred into the environment. So not intelligence. I, but just I like think I've seen energy. stuff. I've seen stuff and experienced stuff. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I am 100% that it's total bullshit. And it's just you, you. You think it's your mind playing tricks, sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah. And wanting to believe, you know, the the old X Files adage. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been yeah. The stuff that I've seen, it's been times when I've been emotionally vulnerable and distraught, like when my dad died or something, and I'd see things, and I'd, I'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't see that. I really didn't." And there's just this too too wide. Um, error a margin of error for the things that you see and hear because you know that mm. your brain fills in most of it for you you don't actually you, you, see you know what a, you know what a believer would say to what you just said though don't you mm. that when you're emotionally vulnerable you're letting the walls down you'll make your your brain is more open to seeing things beyond the normal and then your your adult mind is convincing you that it's not true because that's what it's been programmed to do 
as you've closed your mind down as you become older. So that's what a believer would counter exactly what you just said with, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like there are arguments on both sides. So I'm, I'm definitely, I, I, I'm like Mulder. I want to believe. I want to believe there's more because let's be honest, sometimes what we have is kind of shit. So yeah, yeah bring, bring on the more is what I say. <laughs> just anything to not think about Donald Trump. Um, so <laughs> That's what VR is for. That's what we are as for. So, so we'll talk. Let's talk about that. Let's go right into the news. So sales. It's the time of year of sales. We had Prime Day. Let's start mm. with Prime Day. Obviously, that's finished now. Um, I picked up uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus uh, for very cheap prices and like with Same. deals and with extra credit. Uh, you went a bit further, though, didn't you? You bought. What did you buy again? Richard? <laughs> that's right. Again. <laughs> I'm regretting it now. I bought but PlayStation VR. Are. I bought PlayStation yeah. VR again um because it was a good deal actually it was the new version of playstation vr the one that has hdr pass through for mm -hmm. anyone really cares honestly what am i like but um hdr this pass is all because i was telling you how good it was wasn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just bothered me knowing that vr is such a pain to set up anyway yes it bothers yes. me knowing that it it was being made harder for myself by not having the latest version. So I mean, this this makes it super easy it. now, doesn't it? You just leave the box yeah. plugged in, you just plug the headset in, and you're good. You go. You know, you, yeah, you, yeah. you leave the camera up and stuff. You're you're easy. Um, so that's yeah. that is a big improvement, I think. But yeah. uh, so you are you regretting it? I'm I'm not actually because it it turned me into the good guy of the weekend as well because I I was going to sell my old one and mm. um, figured I'm probably not going to get that much for it, so I just gave it to my stepdaughter's boyfriend who's got a ps4 so he's, he's just taken that away home with him so he's pleased but um well, i hope he's a long-term boyfriend otherwise you, you know you will regret that so well, he's he's a doctor so i'm i'm sort of hedging my bets fingers crossed. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah. that's yeah. The, that's that's what you want for your stepdaughter a good a good young man a good young yeah. man with prospects keep, keep him happy because he'll look after <laughs> her so that's that's what i did this weekend um, but with the new one, yeah, I am kind of glad I got it because now I can just leave it permanently set up, mm. like you say, and use it whenever easily. Um, so in addition to Prime Day, um, of which there was, I, I bought crap again. You probably don't need I got some 4K Blu-rays and uh, films I wasn't even that interested in because they were cheap because I'm an idiot. Because uh, that's what you do. That's what you do. You can't help it. You know, that's the power of Prime. Um, the evil Jeff Bezos um right so in addition we've had the xbox sale the ps4 sale and the nintendo switch sale which are all happening right now xbox has only got a couple of days left playstation and nintendo are um going a bit longer because they started later didn't see a lot on nintendo that particularly excited me i don't know about you rich i had a browse through and i was like mm, nothing really great i mean no well this is the problem with nintendo i find with their their deals they're often they're sort of shovelware third-party stuff that you'd never think of buying and there's always so much of it so it's not like anything can really stick out and it's the same with this sale the there was a thing... few standout things i think south park is in the sale oh, right. but... yeah. yeah i mean i was just gonna say with switch when a game gets under like three or four quid i pretty much buy it regardless now they had one on i think it was called play road for less than a pound so i was mm. just like yes I'll, I'll buy that for less than a pound have i played it yet no of course i haven't played it yet uh, the only stuff I never will. 
no, the only thing I have played on Switch recently, which I'll just mention now, is I started playing the story demo that can lead into the full game for Octopath Traveler. Now, right. I was intending to buy Octopath Traveler like soon, but now my plate is so full of other stuff that I'm having to, I think I'm going to put it off until I have more time, though I don't know when that will be because it will be in September soon, and that's when all the games start to come out really heavily. Um, but oh. yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed the demo. I thought from what I played of it, about two, three hours. That is one hell of a beautiful game, like incredible visuals. And if you're in the mood for like a traditional JRPG, but with lots of modern sort of twists and uh, and characterization and great writing, voice acting, it's it's cool as all hell. I was playing uh, as the the hunter or the huntress, which has got this incredibly unique mechanic for this game. She's the only character that, when fighting monsters, can capture them and use them in battles like Pokemon. Oh wow, that's nice. That's like what? Like so, all the classes have these unique combat abilities. Now yeah. I, I haven't tried them all out yet, but discovering that they put this sort of thing in for just one character in the game, it's like, mm. oh, okay, they've really thought about this game. Like there, this isn't a cookie cutter JRPG. There are some very original and cool twists in here. Um, so I, I, I want to get it. I want to get it and like put some time into it. I just don't know when that's going to happen um what about P ps4 mostly i picked up i picked up some uh, vr games i got res infinite on sale i'm looking at arizona sunshine at the moment um because yeah why not what res infinite you? is a perfect purchase have you tried it yet no no i haven't even installed it yet okay. <laughs> so i just i just got inundated with indie games on other platforms for review and stuff i haven't even I haven't even turned on the PlayStation except to play another game for review, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, I actually played Res again the other day just to play Area X on my new VR headset, and mm -hmm. um, still just as good, beautiful. Yeah, you I'm really looking that. forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And well, now that the weather's getting cooler, that was one of the things that was putting me off using my VR, the idea of putting a headset on, sweating, and yeah. just getting sticky from it. And like, So I was a bit reluctant to do that. Um, but now it's cooling down a little bit. I think I'm definitely going to get back into VR. I still haven't done Robinson the Journey. I've still not done Batman. You know, there's still a bunch of games I bought when I first picked it up that I haven't even played yet. Uh, so I definitely want to um, get into that. Um, and what about an Xbox? You pick up anything on Xbox sale? Did you get anything in PlayStation you didn't mention? I haven't yet. No, I've spent so much on Xbox and I'm, I'm seriously drowning in debt now. My credit card is mental. Um, so I'm not sure whether I'm going to get anything on PlayStation now. I've got, I've got too much to play anyway. The one thing I was tempted by was the, uh, what do you call it? Frozen Wilds DLC for, um, what's the game? What's the game? Horizon. Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero That's Dawn. Right. I got that so, when it came out. Have I played it? Nope. No. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think I've really scratched the surface of the main game yet, so I, I probably won't get that DLC just yet. Um, although I hear it's one of the best demonstrations of HDR on the PlayStation. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I got my PS4 Pro, didn't I, uh, a mm. few weeks ago in VR. I've barely done anything on the PS4 Pro to really... I booted up God of War for about 10 minutes. I booted up Horizon Dawn for Zero Dawn for about 10 minutes just to go, ooh, yes. Uh, and that's it. I, I really need to like get back into these games that I was putting off, waiting for the pro. Yeah. Just I'm man, time, isn't it? It's just time. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, so difficult. Yeah, um, right. yeah there's I saw I saw quite a few other good things in the PlayStation sale, but I own pretty much all of it, so there isn't that much there for me to get. Thankfully, um, I've spent quite a lot on the Xbox though. 
Go on. Embar an embarrassing amount. I bought For Honor, as you have ribbed me about. So it's a Games with Gold starting on the 16th of August. That game yeah. is going to be free. I think that's the first time I've actually got caught by one of those because they do it semi-regularly, don't they? They'll put something on mm -hmm. sale and then give it away free a couple of weeks after. Yeah. And I've always dodged that bullet, but no, they caught me this time. I did get the gold edition, though, so I guess it won't be the full version that's free come August. So and I mean, look, it's, 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 it's a game I picked up in a previous sale, I think the one at the end of last year, start of this year, and I've put enough time in it to realise I don't really like it very much, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I played it's... it on a free weekend. I've put, I think, four hours into it already on a free weekend and thought, yeah, this is okay. I wouldn't mind playing this again if it was cheap enough ever. And I thought, well, it is kind of cheap now, so maybe I should go back to it. Okay. And what I else did you get? I got Tacoma and finished that. All right. Start, start to finish, one run, 100% um, achievements. Really enjoyed that game. Okay. That Okay, let's talk Tacoma. Um, my biggest problem with Tacoma was that I found it, in general, a letdown after Gone Home. Um, right. I liked some of the ideas it was exploring and i'll try to avoid spoilers because it is in the sale and you may want to pick it up uh, but the idea of exploring ai uh i enjoyed that i enjoyed yeah. the overriding story i really didn't enjoy how you interacted with characters and the environment in that game um the that's funny because that's the one thing that stood out for me that i like yeah, it's different but the mm. whole kind of obfuscated ar interface the the weird like monochromatic kind of color people representations yeah uh, i understand that obviously that they're a small team and they have only so many amount of resources so that's probably got a lot to do with that particular design choice uh, it just made everything feel very cold very sterile um and that you weren't really interacting that well with the environment i found the environment in general far less interesting than gone homes even though it's far more out there and science fictiony oh wow uh, i just didn't find it as the idea of traveling back to, you know, that 90s house that mm -hmm. felt very real and felt very grounded yeah. drew me in so much more than this this space station in Tacoma. Maybe I'll give it another playthrough at some point. Um, obviously, I was playing Tacoma for review and yeah. unlike Gone Home, which I was able to just like enjoy. Um, but ah, yeah, I, I understand that the, maybe the, the, the sterile AR interface is, is probably not just resource related. It's probably a commentary on the whole experience of that game there are layers to it it just mm. just didn't grab me in the way i hoped it would and non-linear as well the non-linear storytelling elements made it difficult for me to latch on to characters um because you'd be doing bits out of sequence wouldn't you so i find that really interesting because that's the exact opposite of how i felt about it like almost to a t that awesome. um the character well i remember i played the station a couple of weeks beforehand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is a similar vibe to tacoma you are exploring a space station after something has happened and you don't quite know what that is until you've explored for a bit that has a real problem developing its characters i really didn't care for them at all um in tacoma because it's got this augmented reality presentation of what's happened between different characters on the station before you get there it gave a much more human picture immediately human picture to the events that had unfolded than something like gone home where you're dealing with physical objects inanimate objects um, maybe some postcards or notes that give some semblance of history and character to the people that lived there 
but walking around the space station in Tacoma and hearing people talk and hearing the context of what they're saying, where they're saying it was really interesting to me. So you can't just stand somewhere and listen. A character might walk off and go and do something else. You've got to follow where they were, mm. um, maybe through a locked door. So they're sort of the record of what they were talking about and where they were going. It might go through a locked area. So you've got to find some way to unlock it to go and listen to the rest of what they were saying. I found that really interesting. It made me engage with the environment much more than I would have done otherwise. It um it felt a bit like to me a few years ago, so a good few years ago, like four, five, six years ago, when you know Tacoma was in development for a really long time. But for a while, there was this trend in theatre, which was that you'd go to see a play, and it would be in a real setting, and you'd have mm -hmm. to you the actors would split up and walk around this like house, and you could only follow certain members around, you know, and see what they were saying and what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like the people at Fulbright went to see that and went, oh, that would be fun in a video game. Mm. And, I mean, I don't know if fun, definitely experimental, definitely interesting. But the, the biggest issue I had was the constantly scrubbing the backwards, forwards through the timeline, go over, stand over here, listen to this bit of dialogue, go over there, stand at this bit of dialogue. And yeah. I think the problem I had with it was uh, if you went to see a play, you don't have the option to scrub through it. You've committed to hearing and seeing what you see, right? Yes, yes. Whereas in this, and that, and that is a that is part of the way that narrative would be would told. That is part of the structure of that play. So yeah. they don't commit to it by allowing you to scrub through and replay and replay and replay. And all it becomes is sort of a collectathon where it's like, oh, I need to hear every bit of dialogue from every bit of from every character in every scene and look at every one of their UIs and look yeah. at all of their documents and it becomes like a chore and it's not enjoyable it doesn't feel natural uh you, whereas it definitely Gone Home felt that. natural you know it definitely is that but I enjoy collectathons so that you much. do yeah no, absolutely you do but I, I can't like they, they must someone must have like Steve I, I one of the guys there must have gone and seen this play structure and gone everybody needs to go and see this we're gonna make a game like that yeah. And, it, and it just feels like that. And it, I think gamifying it in the way they have breaks it. And it, and it doesn't connect with me because of that. Mm. Um, it feels like they don't want to commit to it, you know? Uh, and what did you feel like the, the, the end twist without going away? Did you feel that was cool? I mean, I kind of just went, huh. Whereas with Gone Home, I was much more like, oh, because Gone Home subverts the genre because you think it's going to be a horror game and then it's yeah. not. Yeah. You know? Whereas I thought with the end of Tacoma, I just sort of went, Oh, oh yeah that's cool uh good happy days kind of feeling. i did i liked it i think they undersold it because I, I i think probably about 10 20 minutes before the actual end and you think oh that's what's going on here that's that's quite a nice um twist on what i was expecting um it doesn't really do very much with it i think the difference with gone home is that that it because it is a static environment you can't really expect much more than the conclusion of the tale you know um but because to a degree what happens at the end of Tacoma it's more of a live environment there is something happening there and decisions being made it feels like it underwhelms at the end because not enough happens to justify there being you know, events at play rather than just a retelling of history. So, yeah, it was a letdown in that sense, but I did enjoy the story of it. 
Well, I'm really glad you had a completely different take on it from me. Um, obviously, it's oh, what is it like over a year now, isn't it? It's been a while since it came out, um, and I think maybe maybe I will revisit it if I can find the time mm. uh, and and give it another look. I've played Gone Home through multiple times, and and I think Tacoma does deserve that. Maybe if I tried to play it more linearly, maybe if I tried not to listen to every bit of dialogue maybe that's more what it was intended i don't know uh but i will give that well, maybe if you play the station first and then go to, to <laughs> this, is a you'll appreciate it. this is a shit <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah perhaps perhaps i'm not i'm not sure i want to put myself through that but maybe um anything else you wanted to mention from the sale i mean the one thing i mentioned is i, I I'm, I'm back on game pass and i think what it is is that if i'm sort of savvy about it i might never have to pay full price for game pass it, it seems to be on sale often enough that they try to they push deals yeah. on you that I basically can just do deal. I've got three months for the price of one, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." That 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 works for me. Um, Where did you get that from? It was on the dashboard. It was oh, is this for new? I think it must be or lapsed. Like I yeah. I let mine lapse at that point only for a couple of weeks, and it was yeah. there, and I was able to get a three month sub for for just the price of one month. And I think that's that's and that's the price I want to pay because I've already played so many of those games. I want to try out Bomber Crew. I want to try out Vermin Tide Two. You know, there's mm -hmm. a couple on there um, like that that you know. But that's it for me. If if however, like I always say, if you're new to Xbox or you know you don't get loads of games for free to review like I do and Richard does. This is a fantastic service at seven ninety nine a month. I always will always defend that. Um, but for me, this is more my kind of pricing point. I think this this works for me. So I'm back on back on Game Pass again. Um, anything else you wanted to draw attention to from the sale? What else did I buy? I feel like I bought a lot, and I can't. You said you got hell, you got that. Hellblade again. Oh, I did. Yeah, I bought Hellblade for a second time. Um, I've already finished it twice on PS4. If anyone really doesn't believe me about how good Hellblade is, because it was on my game of the year list last year, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's still so good. Guys, just go buy it. Um, mm. I don't it better on Xbox, but I really, really love Hellblade. It's a really good price right now on Xbox, right? It's like 15 quid, I want to say. Yeah. So it's about half price. Um, it was already cheap. You know, It wasn't a AAA price point at 30 quid. So that's a great price to try out. Me and Joel bounce off of it in a way Richard didn't. Um, I still think, though, even if you're a bit on the fence at that price, you know, it's a game worth experiencing and trying for yourself um, just because it is different. It does do things with storytelling and audio design that you don't see anywhere else. It's also absolutely stunning, especially if you're going to be playing on your ex. It's going to look amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think for that quickly mentioned, then tie it into a new story is Hellblade. Sadly, me and Richard just dug into this new story. Not going to be VR on PS4, but it is going to be VR enabled on the vive and the oculus so if you happen to be playing on a really really high-end system on pc you'll be able to experience hellblade in in vr which can i can only imagine will be a a whole nother experience like it's already an immersive mindfuck so imagine that and you're in her shoes mm. you know that's that sounds incredible um not on ps4 richard you you think maybe that's got something to do with the acquisition of a company yes Perhaps. i, I, we I was gonna say that when we were talking about it earlier but i thought i'd save yeah. it for the actual show yes that is my suspicion that now xbox or microsoft has bought ninja theory do they really want the playstation version to have a competitive edge by giving it vr because as we know the xbox is not going to have vr support uh, at least for the foreseeable future so yeah that might have something to do with it um i mean you say that but at the same time, I'm I'm a believer that 
uh, Xbox and Microsoft likes money more than that. Um, you've only you've only got to see at how open they've been with Minecraft um, and their talk of cross-platform, you know, integration and stuff. You know, bringing it Switch, Rocket yeah. League, and you they, know all these they, games they can are play services together. Services before platforms for mm. sure. But I think they... I think I think it's more of a hardware limitation that yeah. the the game seems requires a GTX 1080 to run in VR. Well, that's the minimum on in VR on the PC. Mm. <laughs> the PS4 is not coming in. The pro, even the Pro is not coming to that ballpark of performance. Like it's just not happening. So clearly the the VR because it's requiring obviously two displays at a high resolution at a f high frame rate to be run in the headset at the same time. To, you know because I'm guessing they 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 don't want to um sacrifice fidelity for the experience which is why they're doing um, such a high spec that's mm. never going to work on the on the on the psvr it's just not it, it you know one thing i'll admit about it, it doesn't look great psvr is a it's a really fun experience but the visuals aren't fantastic it's definitely got that screen door thing going on it definitely is quite low resolution um that doesn't really hurt because the games that are being made for it often are taking that into account so the art design can overcome that but it's the the fidelity isn't there where it is on PC VR, is it? It's just you can't, you can't. It's not the same thing, <laughs> is it? It's just not. But uh, it's cool news though. I'd love yeah, to try it. it. Cool I'd love news. to try that. I would definitely give that a go if I could. I'd, I'd um, worry that I'd be genuinely mentally ill after I tried it. But yeah, interesting. I'm trying to think if I bought anything in the sale on Xbox. Um, I must have done it. I can't the say in, no. Well, speaking of um, mental illness, the inpatient is on sale for playstation vr i don't know how much yeah it is, I, I don't want to do that i don't scary i don't like scary richard i that, no i'm all right okay. yeah, I, can't, I can't handle that okay it's like i can't i can't do resident evil in vr there's no <laughs> way i would try that i would just shit my pants there's just oh, no. uh, i got and and forgotten gifts on the sale i don't I know think, what that is i think that was what it was called i'm trying to find it Sounds like a laundry. Forgot, no, no, it's called Forgotten Anne. Forgotten Anne, not Anne's Forgotten oh. Gifts. It does sound like laundry, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> forgotten Anne. Um, the reason being, I heard some really interesting things about this when it came out. It's quite new. And it's to do with a woman, a girl who ends up in like um, a lost place dimension where all your things that you lose, your, your socks, your keys, everything you lose, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis ends up. And they become alive, right? And they, they, they have like, consciousness and thought mm. um and but she's the only person she's the only thing because she's a human um she can manipulate control and destroy these items so it's Whoa. it's yeah uh, that sounds really sinister is it meant to be yeah, i think it's meant to be yeah that's why i i mean i heard some nebulous things about it i heard some very good things about it, very positive it's got a lovely look to it and i was like you know what for like 14, 13 14 quid it wasn't hugely on sale it was 12 pound 79 with gold um hmm. so you know, down from 15.99 i figured you know what i'll give that a go that sounds like something but have i played it yet no no i haven't played it yet. Not. uh and uh not on sale i did also pick up near but that wasn't on sale i just wanted it on xbox so i want to give that an, a bit more of a go i just play more games on xbox so it's like if it's sat there on my xbox looking at me i'm more likely to actually run it than if it's on my playstation i just uh. that's the logic there uh yeah nintendo's wasn't really stand out um let's quickly mention the games with gold in august we've already said for honor uh but from the first of August, we've got forza horizon 2 very cool that's great very that, good that, that's an awesome game um and will be stands up now i think that's oh, a fantastic brilliant yeah. game you know and as, if you're looking forward to uh 
her, is it Horizon Four? Isn't it the new one? Mm -hmm. at the end of this year, mate. I've I've been watching some of the the streams of that. The the weather thing, yeah, incredible. It's going to be amazing. How that's going to change up the driving experience? So, I'm so. That's probably the game I'm most excited for this year. Really? Like honestly, I am really. I love the Horizon series. I love everything that Turn Ten and Playground do um, together with those games, and I am really hyped for a new horizon and the fact that it's going to be in britain mate it's going to be so cool you're going to be driving around obviously they do their own kind of weird condensed version of the uk for it like they did with australia yeah. and france before that um but there'll be elements of it you'll be like oh man that's the that's the seaside kind of town i grew up in or you know that's that time i went to wales and scotland you know you're going to see these things as, as and i think the uk is such a great choice because there's so much variety in the roads yeah, uh, yeah. and the style of driving and then the seasons man it's going to be it's going to be fucking amazing i cannot wait and it's um, on Game Pass. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, you'll get it for mm. free day day one. Fantastic. Uh, in addition, we've got Dead Space 3. Probably the weakest Dead Space, but still a lot of fun. Really, really good game that still holds up. You, you can, however... Sorry? Do you think you'll play it? I've, I've already got Dead Space 1, 2, and 3 from EA Access. Um, so I... I'll be a no then. <laughs> I'm, I, I've been waiting. I've already done it. So Probably, I already Dead Space. Uh, when did Dead Space Three come out? Six years. Oh, it's, it's a long time. Yeah. I've been waiting for someone to co-op that with me. Anyone, really? please. Yeah. If I did it. I did it co-op. Dead Space Three. I will do it with you. Oh, I might do that with you, man. I did it. I did it way back when, when it first came out new. Why have you never played it, or are you just no, waiting? I've, I've played it on my own. I've yeah. never found anyone that wants to co-op it. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It's a fun game. It's much more actiony than uh, the previous two, but it's good. It's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. I didn't feel that was to its detriment at all. I really no. enjoyed Dead Space. Really. They they pivoted it a different direction. It's a bit of a shame for them to move away from the horror like they did because uh, yeah. I really Dead Space Two is incredibly good. I think that's the pinnacle of the series without a doubt, and it's yeah. absolutely terrifying at points. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I it's Dead Space Three. I didn't ever play the DLC, but I remember reading about it. How it has this ending, which is the necromorph moon shows up at earth and destroys all civilization and that's how they they ended the series with a i don't remember that happening out. now i definitely need to replay it that's in the dlc from what i remember it wasn't in the game I that, did was, have they, the they, DLC. that must have been after they said right we're cancelling this we're not doing any more dead space and like right, well, let's wrap it up then let's <laughs> have a oh, real yeah. fucking ending baby <laughs> i'd so love that to come back but it's never gonna happen nope. now nope not a, not in a million years, but it's a it's a cool series. Uh, mm. And then there, and then there's epic Mickey something shit. I don't give a crap about, so I'm not even going to go into that. But other than that one, that is a very 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 strong games with gold. Much better than last month's. Um, yeah, awesome. It's always it's always good to see. We don't know what PlayStation Plus is lineup. They they is yet. Yeah, they usually come a bit later. Uh, usually the first week of the month uh, rather than the first of the month. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, couple more little news stories. One good one, one bad one. Um, we'll go with the good one first. So you haven't seen it yet, Richard, because you suck. No, it's a deliberate choice. So we oh, can, oh, 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 yeah. We mm. can fulfill our podcast roles. I'll be the You can ask me questions. I'll right. ask you questions. I can be right. I can be like the listener. Mm. Ask mm. the questions that they want to ask, but mm. can't. Mm. Right? Mm. It works. Mm. Sure. So, Uncharted has a fan film. It's the weirdest, about. the weirdest definition of fan film I've <laughs> ever heard. A, yeah. fan, a fan film directed by a, a, a proper director starring Nathan Fillion and Stephen yeah. Lang. A fan <laughs> film. I love it. I love it. And, and by that, like they have to say that it's a legal thing. It means they're not going to make any money from it because if they made any money from it, Naughty Dog and Sony would have to close them down. 
So um, who's so, funded it? Is it like is this a pitch to make a proper film or? I honestly, what? I honestly didn't dig that deep because I wasn't that interested. I'm not going to lie. Um, because I watched this, I watched this, I watched the whole thing, and I was like, people have been clamoring for Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake uh, for for a very long time. Yeah, well, since turns, the first game, and it turns out too long. Because mm. Nathan Fillion looks really old. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's the, the thing I've always said to people when they've said to me, oh man, Nathan Fillion, perfect Nathan Drake. Because they've they've kind of ca they've cast Tom Holland, haven't they? They've said Tom Holland is gonna be Nathan Drake if the film ever happens. So it's a younger Nathan Drake. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because Nathan Fillion looks like the fat old dude he is. I mean, I don't want to be horrible. Have you seen Castle? This guy is not. The fucking Mal Re Reynolds from Firefly anymore. Funnily enough, time happens. People get older. They <laughs> yeah. put they, they. But to be credit to credit to Nathan Fillion, when he does, he does the quips really well. He does all the talky bits really well. Even he even does the action quite well. However, yeah. it's it's clear they're shooting around his limitations. Uh -huh. Um. Yeah, that is he like mid fifties now or something? I don't know, but it's got to be something like that. And whatever it is, he just it doesn't it doesn't work completely for me. It just doesn't. I mean, they, they do some great job with this. They set it. I think they set. Uh, it feels like after the third game, but before he settles down. Possibly uh, there's a lot. There's a couple of references to his previous uh, activities. It might actually be between the second and the third game. Uh, sorry, no, between the third and the fourth game. God, I forgot. I forgot the fourth game existed for a minute there um so yeah between the third and the fourth game definitely uh because they, they mentioned his uh exploits in the first three games so yeah. it makes sense in the timeline um they do they, what they do really well is there is a scene right at the end where they start doing that thing they do where they like start having like how would you call it like um a waterfall of discoveries like one thing leads into another but it's just him elena and um What's the old guy? Uh, Sully, Sully stood around the bonnet of a car with a map. And it's that moment, you know, where, in the games where it's like the ding moments mm. where it's like, ding. Oh, God, that must mean this is connected to that ding. But if that's connected to this, that means that must be connected to that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, we need to go to X because at X we're going to find Y and Y will lead us to Z. And then we'll have all the treasure. Yes. And it's that moment from the game. And they do it. They do it so fucking well. They absolutely <laughs> nail it. And it takes you and it transports you to that like. That universe so perfectly better than any of the action did better than any of the quipping kind of with the bad guys did there was it was that moment oh yeah that's that's what makes uncharted uncharted that joy of discovery that kind of that sort of greed tempered by heroic heroism you know what i mean it's yeah, it's yeah. strange but it works and and they absolutely get the tone for that um so i'd be interested to see what you think when you've watched it richard because i think that's probably the strongest element of it there's a bit where they do a gunfight where the camera pulls behind nathan drake into a pseudo third person view uh -huh. and it's like that is done really well and it feels like he's using cover and then he even does one of the big melee attacks that you remember so there's lots of nods oh, cool. that work really well um yeah i just think yeah nathan fillion not for the film unless they do an old retired nathan drake a la post number four uh, mm -hmm. to maybe frame the film, he he should not be involved. Um, but no, well, well, good for it to be made. It's cool. It keeps people thinking about Uncharted, you know. Um, I still haven't played the Chloe-led standalone game. I need to, I, I owned that since it came out, and I've still not played it. It's <laughs> still sat on my PS4. But it's I've got a good. pro now. I've got a pro now, so that's probably going to look lovely, isn't it? So I should it do that. It does look lovely. So good, yeah. that. 
I know, I know it will be. I know it will be. But I was so like, do you remember how what I went through with four? How I stopped, I got burnt out, and then I finally went back and beat it. And it did make my years that year's top ten yeah. for me, but only just. But because it, it is, they are incredibly well made. But man, they've made a lot of that. Do you know? It, I'm, I'm like, I'm like done in that. You know, it's but, not. It's not really that long though. It's longer than you'd think for how much it cost because it was quite cheap, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I can't remember how much, 20, 25 quid. Yeah, so 25 or 30, something like that, yeah. It's, it's longer than you'd expect, but, you know, by Uncharted standards, it's a reasonably short experience and a good experience. You should go back to that. I will, I will. It's off. still installed, installed on my Pro. I, one of the things I, uh, I downloaded with the intention of playing when I magically have all that free time I never seem to have. Yeah, but this movie, yeah. I'll, I will watch that. It's nice that it exists in its own right, I guess. It reminds mm. me of that Punisher thing thing that was made a few years back oh the that? thomas was it thomas the jane Tom doing like proper punisher yeah. yeah but we've got punisher now netflix punisher is kind of proper yeah punisher. john bernthal's doing punisher so yeah, yeah it never panned out into anything bigger but it was good in its own right what it does i think what it does things like this is it keeps the product alive in people's minds and yeah. what that means is then when a studio is looking to green light or fund or something like that they're more likely to do something when they can see that there's interest already there um so i think that's great that's great franchise i would like a movie i really like tom holland tom holland is fantastic as spider-man people are saying he's too young but if you think about you set in this movie maybe prior to uncharted one because it needs to you can't make an uncharted film after or during those games because it will have way too much baggage that an audience who has never seen the game won't fucking get so it kind of has to be before the first game doesn't it do you yeah. know what i mean I, I think it does. I think it does. This is the big problem you have with video game movies. If you just make a video game movie for the video game fan, you mm. don't you fail in the box office because it's not appealing to a wider audience. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Well, I don't think films in general need to do all, all the origin stuff. I think that is some of the weakest material. Yeah, but how about this? When, or, when you have to explain the origin so deeply, or, or you, you just... make, or you make that new Tomb Raider fucking film, which is just retelling the story of the game. And it like nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cared about that movie. It died, absolutely died. So it's like you you need to find something, a way of doing. I was going to say that I enjoyed that film, but then I just realised I only watched it since the last podcast and forgot to write it down. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant indictment of the quality of that movie. Wow, wow. So that is something you did in the last two weeks, but you already forgotten it existed. So yeah. that's it all that says it all draw a line under that perfect perfect right so that's the good news now we go on to the bad news uh and sadly it's not a shock this this is something studios and publishers often do so there have been layoffs at the developer uh evo slash codemasters so it's a little studio that did drive club but are now owned by cody's uh the developer of onrush um, they've let go a lot of their senior management. They've kept on a lot of the, the the lower team members who are getting redistributed, hopefully through Codemasters, but they've let go of the guys at the top of that studio um, after Onrush's really bad um, commercial well, failure, basically. There's reports now, I'm not sure how confirmed they are, but it's meant to be from an inside source, that Onrush only sold 1,000 physical copies in the UK. Wow, now, bear in mind, bear in mind that's just physical but yeah. you, you know even if you scale up for digital you know do some maths it's still gonna be a very small number well um, last i heard the ratio of physicals to digital was about 50 50 so that's not great 
no. unless unless the market's really gone away from physical media that much but it can't have done can it it it, it depends on the game doesn't it? It depends on the game yeah. and the audience that that's captured and how it's speaking to the gamer. Um, I think, and I said this in my review of Onrush, I really enjoy Onrush. I think Onrush is a brilliant, unique racing kind of game, but it's more like a MOBA crossed with a, like, um, a hero shooter crossed with a racing game. And I said in my review, that is a hard sell. And at the price point they put it out at, it's not going to shift. They, no, there is a, there is a trial. Fifty quid when it came it out. Was full, it? No, it was a full. No, fifty five pounds. It was a full, full, full triple A release. Right. Yeah. Um, it's already been in multiple sales. I've already seen the disc massively reduced everywhere uh, down to sort of sub thirty, which is where it should have launched at. Um, mm. the, it's just such a shame. I think there's a free trial available now as well. I think you can play an hour of it on Xbox and stuff like that. But it all came too late. Um, it came too late because it was also released at a bad time of year. It came out around E3 when all the the potential people that could have championed the game were busy doing other things, you know? Yeah. So um, it, it was poorly released. It was poorly priced. And it's such a shame because the game is fucking brilliant. Um, I've heard other people say the same. It's really yeah. clever game. Now, what's happening with this news is that this is getting more people to look at Onrush, sadly, yeah. you know, this news of layoffs, which is great. I'm really glad about that. And you can take advantage of it on sales and get into the game. And it had a good player base when I was playing it. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't completely fallen off. So people are playing this game and it even works. It's quite a clever multiplayer system where you only need one other opponent. Uh, all the other slots on your team will get filled in with AI, which will then get removed as more players join your game. Yeah. Um, which is quite, it's good netcode, it's smart netcode, the game looks great, it plays great. If you like unique driving experiences, you get a bit bored of your sim races, or even your burnouts for that matter, like uh, the Ultimate Edition that's out. You know, you want something different, this will fill that niche. Um, and I hope people still check it out. Obviously, it's going to be too late for certain members of the Unrush team who've been let go. And, I, and to be honest, the thing that really bothered me about this was the statement um, Codemasters put out, sort of saying how... This is just normal operating procedure. Uh, I'll read it in full. It is normal course of business for game teams to evolve as projects launch or move, in, move into service and as other new projects start. As such, it is appropriate. It isn't appropriate to comment on day-to-day -day movement or staff changes. Now, that's basically them saying, yeah, when a game launches, we fire people. That's how things work in this industry. And that's kind of shit, huh? Like, that's not how it should be. <laughs> uh, well, well come on think about this if you worked if you worked is how it is, though, they're, they're not lying are they that is right no but i mean you're saying that's what happens but it's not how yeah. it should be is it i mean that's grim i mean imagine if you any other job like if you unless you're a contract worker which these people were not they were mm. full employees right so unless you're a contract worker if you were working somewhere and you had a big you had a big project or a big launch or something it could be anything right and then you finish yeah. that and then, well we we haven't got a lot for you to do right now. You're fired. It's just like that's it's just not how it should thing. work. No, I mean, I think that maybe they're stretching the truth a little there because no, no studio employs all the people that they will use to develop a game. They have various yeah, outsourced, and, outsourced yeah. as required, and then once that outsourcing is finished, the team reduces size, and they should have a core development. Um, a group of people that you know that's theirs and that's what they need and they retain them so, so one yeah of the people who lost one of the people that lost the job was the the lead right mm. the, the studio head of the the old studio before it was folded into codemasters and he's lost his job and this, the thing that annoys me about that is i don't know this person i don't even know this guy's name i could look it up but it's kind of irrelevant right the point mm. is 
He had a good idea. This was a well-made game. The game works. The game plays really well. It looks great. It hasn't underperformed due to anything to do with the making of the game. No. Right? No, it's, it's, all, it's all marketing. It's marketing, it's pricing, and it's timing of release. Mm -hmm. This is nothing that, that that people or that team had any control over. So it's fucked up that they take the fall for it. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? That's just really shitty. Yeah, um, so that it's just not it's just not right. I think, you know, they would love to. I imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe their fucking bonuses are related to gross sales. I think it's unlikely, but you never know. However, they probably wouldn't have cared, would they? They would have liked it if it had been 30 quid because it puts the game in more people's hands. Yeah. More people experience what they've created. Uh -huh. um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing I, I, that's supposition. But, you know, I think that's bullshit. It's a cool game. People should play it, though. Maybe. I don't know. What do you do now? Don't support it because the money's not going to people who made it. I mean, <laughs> it's a great game. I really like that game a lot. So it's hard not to recommend it. Okay. Right. I need a little bit of a break, Rich. So do you want to tell us about one of the games you've been playing for review? Review. Okay. I'll tell you about Candle, colon, The Power of the Flame. Uh, just so you know, I've also played some Candle, the colon, The Power of the Flame. Okay. So... Let's see if you got any further than I did, because I couldn't get very far. Uh, candle, colon, the power of the flame. And if you don't mind, I'll just call it Candle from now on. Ben took exception to me calling it Candle in the in the show notes. Uh, candle is a kind of point-and-click adventure with you controlling a little fella in a beautifully drawn, actually, um, 2D scrolling environment. Um, he walks about and solves puzzles. Some of it is the traditional pick up an object and use an object somewhere else kind of point and click. Some of it, more confusingly, is a bit more physical and requires some real-time interaction with the environment and the background, which was a sticking point for me mm -hmm. in more than one place where I just didn't know what I was doing, what the potential solution was couldn't think of anything that would make me progress which is the hallmark of the worst uh, point and click adventures back or, to the or the other thing that reminds it's it's kind of like a puzzle platformer isn't it as well yeah yeah it's it's but yeah no i i feel you yeah <laughs> so yeah. far mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's probably uh, a closer pitch actually so something like abe's odyssey mm. from playstation mm, yeah. something like that so, yeah, you can pick up a load of objects. You can use them on different things. Uh, but there are physical interactions that you need to do. So it might be jumping up to a vine and pulling that down. And that will allow you to pass a trap further on in the screen. Although there's no real connection between the two things that's visible or um, explained. It just that that's the solution. And you just have to deal with it. So a lot of it is trial and error. You use a flame, hence the name candle. Uh, so you can carry a flame around to solve different puzzles. Um, sometimes you need to um, get rid of your flame because it will attract enemies to you. So a lot of the game is trying to work out how do you get past those enemies if you can't carry a flame past them when you need a flame for the puzzle that is beyond their, where they are standing. Um, so there's a lot of uh, toing and froing to work out how you can open up extra doorways or remove like water barriers or something that uh, will stop you carrying a flame through. Um, 
and how can you use that flame to get rid of other enemies like there's a there's, there's a puzzle about bees where there's bees that will need to be removed before you can get the honey from their hive um they are attracted are, are bees attracted to fire in real life yes i think so or yeah I, there's something about i know i've seen people combat like swarms with fire so i don't know if they're attracted to them or just particularly vulnerable vulnerable to it yeah i know that bees die in fire but that most things do question. yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah there's a puzzle where um they they really like fire so you need to set a fire and then they'll go to that and you can get the honey so stuff like that and that's that's good i guess it's quite it's quite fun to work this stuff out and progress but i'm finding it so hard that I can't really progress too much further in. I've, I've kind of lost my appetite for it. Um, particularly um, once you get to, have you found the Chinese vendor? There's like a Chinese looking vendor and he has got a box that you need to open. No. Nope. And it's one of these sort of, um, you, you press different buttons on this box and turn different dials and eventually it will open. It's like a Chinese puzzle box thing. Yeah. And fuck knows how you, how you do that. I'm just totally stuck. And it's not that far into the game. Even I just find that the puzzles here are pitched either too hard or too obscure. I, th I think this is a similar thing in a way to what I was talking about. Do you remember the long reach? Yeah. It's that if a game, if the puzzles are so obscure, and so illogical that mm. you need you feel the need to turn to a guide yeah. then then there's something wrong with that game now you have to ask who these are being made for you have a history with puzzle platformers and point and click games don't you yeah right so, so i should you be good should at this you should be alright at this you should be you should be pretty good at this yeah so the it's fact not... that it's stumping you is like who are they making this for it's not doing the things that it should do in terms of laying the groundwork for what you'll need for the more difficult puzzles it just chucks them in there and also like the long reach it's such a shame because the two things that stood out to me when i started playing this game is beautiful absolutely yeah. gorgeous and it's really well voice acted and the story is really interesting i was immediately drawn into the world from that intro mm. and i was completely captivated by it and i thought this is this is brilliant this is gorgeous and then and then you have these these mechanics that are just confusing for the sake of it. And the other big issue I had was the mobility in this game. Getting around, jumping, yeah. just feels bad. Like yeah, it's it you does. have to be so precise with your jumps to look like like to grab onto a ledge that it's just it's just so counterintuitive. Yeah, and it's just to, it, to the point that you think well. That can't possibly be an important part of this game. But like oh, I say, it is. <laughs> there, there are sections in it where moving around, jumping on things, grabbing on things, yep. it is an important part of the puzzle solving, but mm -hmm. the mechanics of it would not give you that indication at all. So it did stump me for quite a while. Right at the beginning of the game, I just had no idea what the first couple of puzzles were asking of me. It's, um, it's the same thing. With, I said exactly the same thing I said with the long reach is that if you've got strengths, play to them. Like your strength, these guys' strengths are in their art design, in their their, their writing, the world design. Um, why have you tried to make a, a a puzzle platform that involves lots of jumping and running and stuff like that, 
if you if the mechanics behind them are not inherently sound yeah you know what i mean it's like just just don't do that <laughs> like simplify it because people enjoy a good narrative experience if this was you know simpler puzzles maybe just more logic based maybe maybe just more narrative based or something like that mm. and then i just moved along with a little bit of you know push against me a little bit of challenge but you just tone mm. all that down i i feel like i'd had a much better experience i mean yeah. i am not you know there are gamers obviously that love that rock hard old school challenge you know that love the whole i'm gonna have to click everything and put my head in this crazy mindset and and you know break the logic of the game down in my mind and then oh snap i'll get it it's gonna be great yeah. there are people that like that but there's got to be less and less of those surely you think point. and it, it makes it as hard as possible for those people because even if you are into the sort of mindset where you just want to click on everything and see what happens every failed attempt you'll pretty much die it kills yeah. you all the time so if you haven't quite worked out a puzzle, that just means screen fades to black. You'll start again at the beginning of that screen. It, do it doesn't set you too far back, but enough no. to be annoying when yeah. you're doing it regularly. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. Exact same experience. And it's and it is it is a shame when you when you look at it and you hear it, uh, and the world is interesting. I don't know who's doing that narration, but he's very good. Um, yeah, it just it's just like, like Richard Briers, but I don't think it is. Dead, yeah, it's not. It? It's a great it's a great sort of like English sort of imagine like animation cartoons from the seventies and the eighties, that kind yeah. of era that really just really makes you wanna oh you're gonna tell me a story and I'm gonna be drawn into this beautiful world. Oh no, I'm just gonna bang my head against this fucking wall until <laughs> my brains are splattered everywhere. And it's just like, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you, candle, the power of the flame. That's just, that's just, that's just not fun. <laughs> it's just such a shame. Such a shame. It bums me out so much. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about another beautiful game, which is absolutely gorgeous game. Now, Joel did the review for that, though, for this game. Um, and actually, Adam, as you might remember, Richard, looked mm -hmm. at this game way back when, when it first came into early access, and that's Airheart. Um, don't remember it. You don't remember it? Don't remember. Do it, you suck. Look it. Look it up on the web. Look up on our website. We have a, a handy search function on our website, Rich. Did you know? It's called Earhart Tales of Broken Wings. Obviously, uh, the name is inspired by, as as Joel mentioned yeah. in his review, Amelia Earhart, yeah. the famous um, aviatrix um, from way back when, pioneer of flight, disappeared mysteriously. Uh, our Earhart is a bit different. Um, I do remember. I remember it now. Looking at yes, it, yeah. Yes. So it's a beautiful game. It's this kind of like. Flying game, twin stick shooter. Uh, you have customizable planes that you can upgrade and stuff, and you fly out of your base. And you kind of there's things you do in this game. The main way you collect resources, you do this thing called sky fishing. So these flying fish that you collect, and they're like your resource. And then there are pirates, and it's roguelike. There's some there's some death elements to it. You know, it's quite challenging. And as you go up, you're always moving up instead of down, as it normally is in dungeons and stuff like that. You're going up higher and higher and higher to finally get and capture the uh, the, the big whale. Um, fish in the sky where you've got a harpoon mechanic as well obviously i haven't played it as much as joel uh joel did the review on pc i was looking out on ps4 um it's it's stunning it's just got a lovely cute appealing cartoony art style um it's got good controls it plays really nicely it's got lots of replayability lots of customization uh yeah joel mentioned it, it's quite grindy um it is about 
just just repeating the same things over again to upgrade so you can get up to that higher level to fight the harder bad guys and then progress even further and further and further. Um, but it's a nice loop. Um, and there were some weird technical problems I had on PS4 where the HDR option was completely broken. Um, that was pre-release. I did have a little look after day one and that still hadn't been fixed. I'm hoping if it hasn't been fixed already, that's something they're looking at. I did let them know about it, uh, where it was all the colors were basically broken if you had HDR switched on your PS4 Pro. Um, it looked almost like inverted all the colors. It was very strange. Um, but, but fingers crossed that's been sorted out and I'm sure if it hasn't, it will be. Um, no, it's just a really nice little game. Really, really cute little experience. But mostly for me, it's the art style. It's the setting. It's the world. It feels unique. It's got a sort of a, a diesel punk, steampunk vibe to it. You know, lots of airships and, uh, bolted together biplanes and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's got a, it's really got a really nice world to it. It's a bit of a, an environmental storytelling element to it where it's not, you know, a uh, directly fed to you narrative. It kind of comes um, in stages and in snippets and stuff as you progress. So, yeah, I, I, I liked my time, time with their heart. It was really cool. Very pleasant little game. Um, oh, what should I talk about now? What I've else? Got, I've got loads here. All right, let's go from cute and pretty and appealing yeah. to... Just violent, disturbing, gratuitous gore. Yes, guts, guts and glory. That's was been on PC for a while now. You might have heard about this game because it was getting streamed everywhere for mm. a while on Twitch and Mixer and stuff because it's this physics-based um, sort of puzzle driving game, I guess. I'm trying to think how you describe it. Kind of like Trials. Yeah, kind of like Trials, but you can play yeah. as different types of vehicles. I know, I know on PC in Early Access, it was just the bicycle with the baby on the back. Now you have bicycles with different people on the back and different things you're pulling and cars and buggies. And all of them, you have to get through these various stages, avoiding, uh, get to the exit basically by going through checkpoints, but avoiding so many kinds of horrific traps. It's absolutely disgustingly brilliant. So is everything the, is from- still in there or have they taken that out? Yeah, he is, it is, but it's not like the first thing you get anymore. You have to unlock it. So you start oh. you start off with the one I played predominantly for the review purposes was the guy on a bike but with his like girlfriend slash wife behind you, which is yeah. actually easier than the kids because um, she she whatever you're doing, Richard, I'm picking up on the mic a lot and it's quite stressful. Sorry, I'm eating um, some galaxy counters. Well, do it quietly. Um, well, yeah, because she covers more of your back, so it's quite handy when you're getting like shot at with the arrows. So she'll take a bunch of hits before she gets knocked off so it makes it a little bit easier which is why i think they changed it and also because the first thing you play is a dude on a bike with a baby on the back who's getting horribly murdered uh it would be even more disturbing and possibly get them in trouble i don't yeah um but basically what i mean by this gore is like so imagine trials but every time you come off the bike instead of you just ragdolling you get torn apart your head mm. gets ripped off, your limbs come off, your torso gets shredded, you explode into a hundred pieces of gore and blood spurting all over the level. It's absolutely ridiculously cartoony, just vile awesomeness. Um, Beyond cartoon, it's got like intestines like exploding out of you and all sorts, isn't it? It's like it's like yeah. imagine if the kids in South Park made a video game. Yeah. It's kind of like where we're at with this. Like, so take the already vileness of South Park and then times it by 10. As if the kids had made the game, you know. So that's 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 where I'd be at with this. It's it's ridiculously good fun. If you like that kind of um, trial and error, trials esque gameplay, but with more variety because the levels are absolutely bonkers, um, and more variety, more vehicles, and more types of mobility uh, and secrets and hidden bits, and then just the stupid levels of gore. It's absolutely dumb. It's ridiculous, 
but damn is it good fun like it's it's kind of like a pure video game I, I, so, so i'm playing it <laughs> the wife comes in and she just goes what the fuck is that <laughs> so like if you want to play a game where your significant other enters the room you know maybe doesn't share the same level of passion for the hobby you do you know maybe he understands games you know but looks and looks at the screen and just be like then look at you and then shakes their head <laughs> this will be the game that you want to play like that look of oh you know I, I leave you to your hobbies but can you just take it off the living room tv i don't need to see this that kind right. of that kind of vibe question um, yeah question. go you on compared it, you compared it to trials yeah like a looser trials definitely looser yeah, yeah that, that, that was going to be my question trials is famously um quite tight with its controls you can be um yes it's not it's quite good at that but you can or is it a bit more you can do that but the physics engine is fucking wacko yeah like it 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 isn't realistic but it does adhere to its own rules so okay. it's like once you play it for a bit you get what you can get away with um it's quite forgiving things like if you fall on your side in a bike you can usually get back up and stuff like that if it's not a hard impact you can you can get away with a lot more stuff but at other times you know because you've got this usually you always have a passenger of some kind and their mm. physics is modeled as well so things like if they lose a limb and they start hanging off that's going to affect you that's going to create drag you know all <laughs> kinds of things like that if you're trying to pull off a loop-de-loop -loop to yeah. dot a fucking buzzsaw while you've got cannonballs being fired at you, you know, sometimes you'll just, usually in the first time through a level, you'll just start going and then you'll just die. You'll just die because of something, you don't even know why. You'll explode because <laughs> they've got these landmines and they're mm. really hard to see, intentionally hard to see. So you have to learn the pathing, like basically where they are. Um, mm. so these little yellow dots on the floor and they're just, and you'll just go over one and just explode into a million pieces of mm. gore. And it's hilarious, mate. I was laughing and just, like it, it would it would turn up the level of grossness for you and you're just just giggling away like a little schoolboy. You can't help it. But at the same time, there are some really nicely designed levels that require intelligent use of the physics that make you think about how to pass them. So there's a good puzzle element in there as well as the sort of just violent gore soaked shower of blood. Mm. Um, no, man, it's good fun. I think it's reasonably priced. I didn't actually look into that, but I, I imagine it's under 15, something like that um it's published by tiny build and as i say in my review there's really only one publisher that could put this out and that's tiny build <laughs> so it's just like it's what they do they put out the fucking freaky shit and and this is that this is what this is and it's brilliant i really enjoyed it really really good well worth checking out if you're looking looking for something stupid it's like the epitome of stupid basically um so richard your turn i've done a couple i'll come back with my big ones at the end okay uh, I'm going to tell you about 1979 Revolution colon Black Friday. Oh, so all the good deals. And this is my second colon of the day. But is this to do with like horrible fighting for you know the best deals on electronics? Sort in of. Yeah, it, it involves huge crowds and um, a lot. Go get that TV. Go get yeah. that TV. No, um, I feel like you're going to. So much gonna TV. Twist it. It's no. 1979 Revolution is about, well, is it set in 1979? Clue is in the name. And it's set in Iran and Tehran around the time of the revolution against the Shah. Um, so <laughs> I love the way you said that as if I should confirm or deny it. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it as if it's common knowledge. Who's got. Sounds, it sounds correct. That yeah. does sound correct. Yes. Do my, so my any, anyone listening? You don't need a political um, 
sort of degree in Middle Eastern politics to listen to this show, it's fine. You can get through. But it um, helps. It does help. So this game is about um, the Iranian government of the time. And there were mass protests and demonstrations of millions and millions of people um, in Tehran and around Iran at this time to bring down the Shah. And it, this game pretty much is sort of a handheld museum that recounts what happened during those days. I'd struggle to call it a game, really, because there isn't that much gameplay involved. I suppose the closest thing that I could compare it to is like a Telltale Walking Dead sort of game. So you do take control of a character, and there are choices that you can make, often dialogue choices, some action choices, but it's not really gameplay. It's just strung together in a way to deliver bits of history to you. So um, it opens up with an interrogation and you have to sort of respond to these the interrogators questions about how you're involved with the uprising um trying to wrap your mates out that sort of thing so you can answer his questions or not and there'll be consequences for whatever you do uh, different to walking dead walking dead will pretty much always let you continue with your dialogue choices just with a different story outcome here if you choose the wrong dialogue then you die which seems an odd choice so there doesn't feel like there's that much flexibility in the dialogue that you can follow through you just have to find the right options and then do that whole scene again if you've mistakenly just chosen the wrong thing which didn't really work for me um beyond that beyond the dialogue stuff you can walk about linear city bits and take your, your your character as a photographer so you can take pictures of demonstrations that are happening people that are out on the streets uh, fulfilling different roles so that there's people selling cassette tapes that have got uh, radical clerics talking about the uprising on them so there's a big thing about selling rock music on cassettes but instead of rock music you'd get some uh, cleric speaking against cool. the government on there Stuff That's like what that. I want instead of Iron Maiden. Bring it yeah. on. So it's it's interesting to see that stuff and see the parallels with um, today, I guess. Having been on marches myself, I don't think it's going to be anything like what they had to go through in those days. But <laughs> I've, interesting I've... to see the history of it. But it, it, it is pretty much just the history. So if you're if you're not interested in that, you won't find much game here. It's more... Uh, an educational thing than it is an entertainment and are, thing. are you feeling like importantly like maybe this it wasn't an area of history you were particularly interested in are you feeling like you are enjoying knowing more about it that's that's the the important thing with this kind of edutainment stuff is that you might not have thought this is something you wanted to know about but are you enjoying learning about it are you do you want to know more is it encouraging you to continue um I am interested in learning more, but I don't think it's doing the best job of delivering this information to me because it's very upfront about, right, here is the next bit of information that we want to tell you about. So you, the screen will sort of flash up with a green symbol to say, right, this is where you can take a picture. You'll take the picture and then you'll get a whole screed of text. about right, well, this is, it is, just, is it just reading then? Is everything just text? 
a lot of it's reading. Yeah, so you'll, you'll get a picture um, that you can take that will be held in your diary against a real picture of a real event that's similar and then a bunch of text that's actually quite hard to read on a Switch screen. It's not optimized well for Switch if you're playing handheld. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll just give you a bunch of text about what that's about. So I, I got the impression from the marketing material that this was going to be from the perspective of maybe one individual. Is it not that? Is it just completely obfuscated out from like a third person perspective almost? It's, so it's just, just it's almost as if you're reading a history book. So it's right. not from the character's perspective at all beyond he's there taking the pictures, which then links into a completely distinct set of historical documents um that tenuously relate to where that character is at the time but it's not through his eyes curious okay so yeah it, that's what i mean it doesn't do a great job of selling the the history in a story or an interactive story format it's just a delivery system for dry historical I'm, I'm, I'm curious as well like obviously this revolution that happened was important um mm. but it didn't really end up great for him did it so with the what they put in power instead yeah. was in many ways just as bad if not worse so i haven't finished the game but i think it will get to that yeah so that there's already um elements in there of characters that were complicit in trying to overthrow the government that are then targeted by what was subsequently put in place i can't pretend to know um the full the, the history of what went but that's, on around. I haven't played that's enough fine. of the game. But... but that's fine. That's the point, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's like, obviously, if a game is like this has been made and it's being produced and released in the West, it's yeah. with the desire to educate us. Yeah. Help us understand more about these situations, which are often, you know, Iran is often vilified in the media. So it's interesting yes. to get this other perspective and, you know, help us create some historical context for what's going on. And that, that's problem, why I was interested in playing yeah. it. I, but the, I pro the problem is they seem to be doing that badly, is what you're telling they me. They don't seem, they're, they're, they're <laughs> not doing it that well, no. Right, okay. Um, right. Maybe, it get, maybe it will get better, but it, what I was looking for was more of a human aspect. Mm, that's what and I thought it had in it. That's what I thought it was going to be about. But You, uh, you do but, get that from some of the documents that are in there, mm. but... You know, I, I think they could have made it a bit easier for me to get into that. They make it uh, as difficult as it could be, really, with, beyond just giving me some history book to read. Um, the, the game doesn't do a brilliant job of eking out that human side to the stories. Um, maybe that will get better. I'm not too far into it yet. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'll be I'll be curious to see your review when you've you've done enough to you feel want you want to. Put that together. Okay, right. Um, let's move on. Uh, this is a hard game to describe, actually. Mugsters. Now, don't ask me what that means, because I don't really know. So so Mugsters is this isometric top-down, really pulled back sort of environmental puzzle game, I guess, if I was trying to put a, a label on it. Um, if, if you're unsure, like, Google it, because... It's really hard to describe the visuals of this. It's got very primary colors. It's very bright and colorful. And you play as this small individual character on the screen. Uh, and you can run around and get in vehicles. And your main goal is to travel to these different islands, to find crystals, to find other people to save, uh, and then often complete some other objectives on the island, be it destroy X or collect Y. And then you have to leave the island on the plane. That There's a plane like you can get in on the island and fly away literally off the screen. 
And from what I can tell, that's all the game is. There's no real narrative framing. There's no real environmental storytelling. It's just a collection of levels you need to clear. And you get a star rating depending on how well you do it, obviously, because that's how all these games work now. And then you can go back and replay them in various ways. There's like time trial ways. Uh, and then you can just replay them and get all the stars. And then on your hub island, this unlocks subsequent islands you can like teleport to and other sort of environmental puzzles, I should say, I suppose I would describe. But it's a very hard game to talk about when you don't have any kind of context for it. Um, it's it's tricky to describe. And there's a re that's why my review hasn't come out yet. I've played it quite a lot and I've had it for quite a while, but I'm really struggling to find the language to describe it um without you know just going online and cheating as it were and looking up what the developers have said and looking up what other people have said i've tried to stay away from that because I'm, I'm trying to find the context within itself yeah so have you have you richard i mean you're, you're muted right now but i'm curious have you looked it up a little bit can you do you see what i mean yeah. it's it's a weird game now. yeah and it's very hard to describe the team 17 website yeah gives it quite a rudimentary description itself so you may be looking for something that isn't there yeah so maybe it is just this environmental puzzle game you know that is yeah. just it's got it, i mean the strongest thing that made the made me reach out to them actually and ask for code was that i saw the trailer for it and went whoa wow this has got a really strong look like this is really unique looking and different and it stood out um because of this isometric view and the colors that are chosen and it's got like a low poly look to the world and and to the but it's beautiful at the same time it's got a really distinct look to it and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can try this game but now i've been playing it i, I don't really know how to judge it because mm. and how to review it because it doesn't have any kind of obvious comparisons other than its environmental puzzles <laughs> and they're quite good <laughs> so i don't know but it's 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 curious bright colors that look mm. like um an old cartoon like wily e. coyote sort of palette you know like it was like i'm always looking at the next couple of weeks of releases right to reach out to developers and stuff and i'm like it's a bit like a kid in a in a, in a candy shop right so i'm looking around like oh oh, oh that's got bright colors Woo! it just it just <laughs> it just pulled me in i was like oh yeah i don't know anything about that but i'm gonna see if i can play it and it was just like yeah okay and now i've played it and i'm like i still don't know anything about it <laughs> so <laughs> i'm a bit i'm a bit like torn i i think i like it but I, i'm gonna try and put a review together for it soon um so that was the first team 17 game i've been playing recently and i will talk about the second one shortly but before i do i want to talk to you richard about mm. overcooked so are you playing overcooked for the first time right now yeah i've never played it before but it's recently been added to game pass so oh, i've played a bit of it in the past couple of days that makes a lot of sense it turns out but go on what do you think of overcooked i loved it i really like it i've only played it on my own you no you definitely stop. need stop 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 just you can't play it on your own i know it sucks it sucks by yourself like really it's pointless, you, it's pointless. you need at least two yeah um so i've already figured that out but i can see what it's doing and i really like it i'm trying to think what it reminds me of because i'm sure this is riffing off a really old atari 2600 game it's got what a bit it? of root, it's got a bit of root beer tapper about it i guess yeah i think there was a burger game as well that i had yeah, on like dino dash maybe or something like that or oh, God, the, that, that kind of hectic hectic management action management game isn't yeah. isn't there's a few things in that genre uh they don't necessarily stand out but i remember playing games like it over the years definitely yeah 
but I, I think I think Overcooked does a great job standing out because it's got an amazing visual style. It's got yes. this brilliant uh, reliance on cooperative gameplay, um, which you've got to play it with people because oh my god, like <laughs> I was playing. Yeah, I was playing it last night with the wife, and uh, the arguments are brilliant. You have <laughs> just need to chop more tomatoes. I said I needed tomatoes. Why have I got no clean plates? Where are my clean plates? Oh that's my god! The, that's one of the things I like most about it was just how many opportunities it gives you to fuck the thing up. Because it's not so, the, the old game I remember on twenty six hundred. There was a place where you get the ingredients. There's a place where the plate is. Then there's a place where you take that plate. Um, this you can just leave anything anywhere, and you just think, "Oh fuck, the plate's miles away. Go get the plate. Go get the plate." And you can just totally destroy your system by just not being tidy or clever enough about where you're picking stuff up and where you're putting it back for when you need it next. Keeping order of your whole kitchen. It's not just about cooking the bits in time and then delivering them to the counter. It's keeping all of those components in check and in the right oh, place at all times. It's very clever. It, I don't know how far in you are, but you haven't seen nothing yet. Mm. Um, so I, I uh, very kindly, the people at Team 17, knew how much I liked the first game and have sent me early code uh, for Overcooked 2, which is out on August the 7th. And um, the first thing, the most important thing to say about Overcooked 2 is online multiplayer. You know, that's that's what we wanted with Overcooked 1. You can't play it online. Person? Nope. You can't play it online. It was couch co-op only. Wow. But every mode in 2, you can play online with your friends. Good. Really good improvement. That's awesome improvement. Though I can... But it will lose something, right? A couple of things there is with the people around you playing that game, it becomes really physical. Not in a violent way, but like yeah. in a gesturing way. You get heated. It's awesome. And the other problem playing online, I haven't tested this yet, but I would only assume there is an inherent delay to chat on Xbox. And that would be a whole other level of frustration. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> damn. Like, oh, damn. Uh, so in, in two... that. From what I've played so far, I'm still really early on. I'm really enjoying it because it's it's more of what's in Overcooked 1. Um, so the new levels, uh, new puzzle kitchens, um, you know, the chefs have got new looks, which is great. Um, there does seem to be they've put in more complex recipes. There is and you can throw things now. So I, I was doing things like I was like I'd cut up a I grab a vegetable on one side of the kitchen and throw it across to the other side of the kitchen where my <laughs> wife or she would catch it or I would put, throw it straight onto the counter or, or even sometimes onto the chopping board or the plate. You know, it's a whole new skill you need to hone in the second game because they, they are designing the kitchens with that in mind where you have to kind of like, you don't have time to run around. You need mm -hmm. to be chucking stuff across the kitchen. And it's like, they, they, it's madness. It's fucking brilliant. Um, there are new puzzle levels. It's got a, it's got a, I won't spoil the story. I mean, they've said I can talk about this though. It's ahead of release, but it's like, um, the story is a brilliant wraparound to it, the game. It's just hilarious uh, and stupid and full of puns. And I fucking love it. I love the world of Overcooked. It is so dumb, and so charming, and so beautiful. Uh, and then the overworld that you actually drive around in your vehicle, your special bus, that's so well modeled as well. Everything looks good in this game. It is just a beautiful, beautiful game in its own way. And it plays so goddamn well. It's so snappy. It's so sharp. I mean, the thing that I found really interesting, that the conscious design choices like a different button to pick things up than to chop right so you pick up your pickle you put it on the chopping board and then you have to remember to push the different button to chop and it's so mm. clever because it's like that's intentional 
that is intentional to try and make your life a little bit more difficult to add another level of memory and stress to the experience so things like what me and my wife do is like we'll play the, the play a new kitchen when you get to it to just figure out where everything is like it's just mm. a training run everything's over here and over here and we're going to need to do this bit to that bit and then we're going to have somebody you know to run over here to do the washing up and we actually sort of plan out then you restart the level and that's when you try to do it and then you keep you know because you want to go for the three stars every time really don't you so it's mm. like so you're honing it and honing it and it's and it and then they layering on more difficult recipes and more difficult elements that come into play and it's just every level brings a new thing that you have to add into the the mix and it and it just it's just it gets crazier and it's just it's stressful but it's like me I, we, we played about like six or seven levels in a go uh last night me and the wife and then we kind of just put the controllers down and went oh we need a break god damn like you're exhausted you're stressed but you're having a great time you're having yeah. a great time and it, and, it, and it is a fantastically fun game the sequel so far i'm going to try out multiplayer soon um hopefully all the code the net code is going to work well there because you know you don't want things fucking up when you're playing that on xbox live mm. um but that yeah like it's a really good reason for a sequel to exist because yes. yes you wonder if it needs one but that's a good reason yes and, um, and, and that was it that was it like you're happy i'd be happy for it just to be more of what mm. was in the first game with online multiplayer but they have added features there are new elements to it which i'm sure i'm going to discover even more as i push further into it uh but the most obvious thing right now is just throwing stuff around the kitchen it's brilliant that it's, sounds it's cool crazy. i'm gonna see if sarah can, i can get sarah into the first game since we have that on game pass and um, mm -hmm. i did mention it to her this morning and she normally doesn't respond too enthusiastically when i mention co-op games I said it's about cooking, and then all of a sudden she was all ears. She sounds in, in sort of in tune with the vibe of this game, so we'll see how that goes. Yes, indeed, it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Um, right, so right, Richard. Before I get into the big, the big game, the big, big release that mm. I've been playing from the last couple of weeks, did you want to touch on anything else from your list before I finish us off on on some deep discussion? I don't think so. I've been playing a lot of stuff this month. Um, it's mostly old stuff. I've been playing through all the Walking Dead Telltale games again. So I've done season one. I've done half of two. I've done all the Michonne episodes. I bought. This is more uh, more stuff that I bought in the game um, sale. I've got to ask Loads why. Of sale um, achievement hunting. Oh, all right. simple as that. It's been on my hard drive for ages. Um, the first two seasons because I think they were in games with gold ages ago. I yeah, that. yeah, I, I can't I delete them because that's the easy achievements. But do I want to play them again? And it turns out I do because that new Frontier series that came out a year or so ago that I never played, and it's it's the grown up adventures of Clementine, I believe. Yeah, I want to so play that. Shit. It's all so shit. That engine is so fucking awful. How can but you make it so play now. it? Fine now. I found myself thinking it looks really nice. I don't know if that's because I'm playing on an X or if they fixed it, but I'm not experiencing any real problems that I did before with it, like all the terrible freezing and stuttering. It works fine, and it looks really nice, actually, on a good television. So okay. I, I am enjoying going through that again. And I, as I say, in the sale, that New Frontier series was cheap, so I've bought that, and I'm just playing through all the old stuff before I get into it. So that's okay. Um, what I want to know about a load what, of other stuff. Bomber Crew. Stuff. I downloaded yeah. Bomber Crew on Game Pass. Have you? Mm -hmm. uh, is it good? Like, what is it? I'm a bit confused as to what type of game it actually is. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
I didn't look into what it was. I just downloaded it and tried it. And with no expectations, I still thought, well, this isn't what I expected. It's a a strange game. You are in charge of a bomber and you have a crew on your bomber. So it's well titled, right? Um, It's mostly, it's not really action based. It's just setting instructions to your crew about what you want them to do next. And they've all got their own roles. So some of them might be gunners, one will be a navigator, one will be a mechanic. Um, they've got all these different roles and you need to set them to do their different jobs, depending so on what the circumstances are. It's, yeah, it's a resource management game, essentially. Oh. So you can zoom into the uh, bomber itself and direct people around within the craft. You can zoom out and see what's going on around the plane, but you're not controlling the plane itself directly. What you do is look to see what's around you. If you see any enemy planes coming in, then you've um, kind of got to hold the left trigger in and look at them until you've seen them long enough for your gunners to recognise that they're there. You'll get a little circle that fills up, and that means you've spotted them, and your gunners will start shooting at them. You can uh, set your bombers to sort of open the bomb bays at the uh, underneath of the ship. And then when you are going over a target, tell them to drop a bomb. Um, when you're navigating, you'll see like different waypoints around the ship. You, you've you got to target them and that will tell your navigator to go there. It's all very sort of secondhand instructions to the people on your craft. And then you just let them get on with doing what you've told them to do. Um, so it feels a little bit slow paced in that way. But it picks up enough that there's there's enough happening around it that it doesn't feel pedestrian, even though you're not directly involved. Um, I think it's quite good fun actually. And there's it's enough... not it's not multiplayer then. I don't think so. See, something about it made me think it was going to be a multiplayer game. I don't I don't know, like maybe more like a lovers and dangerous space time game. No, I don't. Well, I haven't noticed there's a multiplayer option in there. I just went straight to the campaign thing. And there's just a series of missions that you choose from a map that might be shooting down planes, doing a bombing run on a, a factory, um, stuff like that. And okay. then the more the more success you get, the more money you earn, and you can upgrade your plane, put new weapons on it, kit out your crew in different equipment. Your crew can die, so you might have to recruit new people. Um, so it's got that element that we've seen. What games did that? I can't remember, but game... It's the sort of game where you've got named people on your ship. If they die, then they're dead, and you've got to replace them with like XCOM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So the longer they live, the more their skills build up, and you want to sort of keep hold of them for as long as possible. It's quite good. Sounds cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to quickly add? Um, Azura's Wrath. I'm playing that a bit. That's mad. So I I bought that in the sale in the hopes that one day they'll make it back and pat. Yeah, it's weird that they haven't. Weird that they haven't done that. But I'm play, I'm playing it on my old 360, and um, and is this can't... really is it really your first time playing Super Hot as well? Yeah. Holy shit, man! Yeah. Have you beaten um, it? No, not yet. I'm playing both versions. So I've played played it on VR for the first time in the past couple of weeks. My favorite then... VR game so far. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Potentially expensive because I was millimeters away from punching my television <laughs> which is weird because that you don't need to move around you just need to sort of you can crouch crouching helps a lot in that but you don't really need to 
step at all in super hot so uh, I, th- I kind of thought you needed to because the uh, in the normal game the non-vr version that is about moving around mm, so I thought, well, yeah. yeah i do need to walk about a bit and ended up needing to destroy my living room <laughs> yeah vr can be a very expensive hobby no doubt about it but both games, excellent. Like very good. Really, really fantastic mechanics. You feel you feel like, especially in the VR version, actually in both of them, you feel like a complete fucking badass. You feel like Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. It's the only way of describing it. Like you, you feel like an action hero. Yeah. You know, literally shooting bullets out of the sky and, and just dodging hails of, of incoming fire like you know, nothing can touch you. Um, no, it's it's absolutely super amazing. Yeah, super the visual design is very clever as well. Oh, it's, the, yeah, it's brilliant. The, it's because it's got all that 80s, like floppy disks knocking about sort of vibe. Well, in the VR version, especially, you're playing VR in VR, yeah, which is this like inception level mm. of narrative, which is just brilliant. It's so smart. I, lo- I love those games, they're fantastic. Right then, should I talk about the elephant in the room, the cover oh. story, as it were, for the podcast? That is No Man's Sky next slash No Man's Sky on Xbox One. Um, oh, mate. Oh, I am back into that so hard right now, Rich, oh. on Xbox. I love it. It it was like when I turned that on for the first time, the improvements are night and day to what I remember playing on the PlayStation 4. Like, it is unbelievably gorgeous. Just stunning. Beautiful, beautiful game. Um I mean, the caveat being, right, that I am an old school sci-fi fan. I love the science fiction of the 50s through the 70s, love all the cover art. So I love everything that has inspired Sean Murray and Hello Games in making No Man's Sky. So I am definitely um, predisposed to enjoy this game, like no doubt about it. And I quite enjoyed it on the on the PS4 when it first came out, uh, you know, even even with all the the promises that were, were missed and the silly hyperbole that, that Sean put out there, you know, that they've talked about a lot since, and he's done a bunch of interviews recently with Eurogamer and Waypoint and stuff. And if you're interested, then by all means, check those out, but just take this game as it is. It's awesome. It is awesome. I have yet to try the multiplayer. I'm very keen to, I'm going to give that a go very soon. Um, the wife's going to play that with me as well. However, the base building, the freighters, the added story elements, the, the the improvements with the interface the improvements with the visuals are unbelievable this game looks incredible the draw distance has been improved massively so you get a real sense of being on these planets they've done things like add um localized weather which didn't really exist on the ps4 version of launch you've got things like clouds which yeah. you didn't realize how important that is to making you feel like you're in an actual place but it has a massive effect on you on these worlds feeling real and unique there's much more variety in fauna and flora now um so there's much more variety in the worlds you go to this this is the game that should have launched this is the game that like if this had been an early access title which it should have been this yeah. would be the 1.0 release do you know what i mean this this is flipping brilliant like i think now is a great time to get into no man's sky um i'm really really digging it i mean it's still that game Look, don't get me wrong, it's still that game, right? So you've got more story in there, but at the end of the day, you are traveling from place to place to gather resources so you can continue traveling from place to place, right? That is what this is. Yeah. I've never had a a problem with that. I never had a problem with that being the game. I mean, that, that was always explicitly the point of it. It's just there wasn't much in between those steps, was there? There is a lot more now. 
a lot more. <laughs> I can't even begin. Um, the way they the way they pace out now the introduction of the elements. Like I was building a base within our sort of one between our one and two. Do you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like doing these elements. Uh, and what's really nice actually is trying to play on PS4 with my existing character is is super confusing and weird. And it's like because of all the updates, things have like broken a little bit and some stuff has been lost and stuff has been added. It doesn't really work. But now clean break, playing it on Xbox, playing it from the beginning, you see the yeah. onboarding process has massively improved. The way the story is delved out is massively improved. You're properly brought into the universe. You feel like there's a lot more aliens in there. You feel like it's a lot more of a habitated, you know, a universe with real people in it. Uh, and of course there's the multiplayer aspect. So in multiplayer, you can team up with other three, um, I think it's three, four other players. It's quite a lot. You, I mean, it's not an MMO, but you can get a good group together. And in addition to that, you can also just randomly encounter other players. Now, it's unlikely. I was going to say that, yeah. So it lives up to the original promise then. Mm -hmm. It's not like matchmaking um, in a menu. It is real-world encounters with people. Yeah, it's not, it's not thousands of people in your instance, I suspect, but it's enough that you might bump into people. Um, I've heard stories of people, just, you know, you can attack people, you can, you know, the, the, the penalty for death here is you lose, you can lose what's on your person if you die. Um, mm. But, you know, you can go back to your body and you can get it back, you know, so there's no, there's no big permanent um, loss if you're, if you're, if you care about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so you can bump into people that the world, it feels like the universe is alive now a lot more than it was before. Teaming up with other players is what I'm really interested in doing. The base building is really good, actually. There's a lot of variety and, and interesting mechanics to that, which I think is a, which is a nice addition. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's the game it should have been. And, and it looks bloody hell. It looks amazing. I, I can't believe they made it look the way it does now. It's a truly remarkable improvement. It looks beautiful anyway, so I'm I'm going to have another look at it, I think, because I did I think... buy it on PlayStation at launch, and I haven't yeah, played so it since I. that launch weekend. Really? I mean, that, yeah. that's great, though, in a way. you'll come If you buy it on Xbox, are you going to buy it on Xbox or just play on PlayStation? I'll just play PlayStation 1, I think. Oh, um, get on Xbox, Richard. Well, I spent 50 quid on that, and it lasted me. I did kick the ass out of it for that whole weekend. I didn't do anything else, but, yeah, didn't touch it again after that once. Well, I would strongly recommend starting a new game. Yeah, I know that feels weird and it feels like you're, well, what's the point? And you're going to, but it, it will be confusing to you because of the so many added elements that you'll miss. Um, I was talking to someone else who'd, to um, who'd done the same. They bought it at launch on PlayStation, same as me, and had recently gone back to it after the update and complained about significant bugs and game breaking stuff that's happening. Um, whether that's related to, carrying over their original save which they had done i don't know so maybe it is just worth starting oh I, I i would imagine that would have issues yeah because they'll be that they've completely changed certain resources they've come there's the refining elements now you build these different base components where you can feed in um like resources that then will spit out better resources so there's a whole new sort of layers of systems so i imagine that if you're loading up an old character with a bunch of stuff like i said when i've done that it doesn't, it, things are missing, things are added. It's all kind of confused. Um, it's trying to work out the best way of adding you in. Honestly, the best thing you could do would be to just start again. Um, okay. Yeah, there will be bugs. I have heard reports of problems with this, like there are bugs and stuff, weird stuff happens. But but then again, you have to think about what this game is, this huge procedurally generated crazy universe made by like half a dozen people. Yeah, you, you, it's a bit more than that now. I think they're up to like 12, 15 people, but <laughs> it's still mad that it works as well as it does and i know that's mm. me sort of like 
trying to wave a flag to forgive them. But I, I am still impressed to this day of what they were able to achieve using maths, which is what this is, the power of maths. And it's and it's incredible. I mean, I'm impressed know, I, that they've carried on with it because the yeah. amount of hate they got oh, when it so was originally hate. launched and they've stuck with it to really improve on what it's, it's, came it's, out. It's two years now, Richard. It's been two years since yeah. it came out. Yep. Um, so it's it's crazy to think that you know this is this is what we're, we're what we've got now two years later and and I think it's they should be very proud of mm. what they've made. I I I am genuinely impressed with it on Xbox. I mean, um, you can run it on Xbox on X anyway. You can run it in performance or um, resolution mode, so you can yeah. have a higher frame rate or it look prettier. I've been playing it mostly on the on the the prettier mode because I'm not too bothered about frame rate stuff, but the frame rate stuff can be quite apparent especially when you're doing things like um hyperspace travel and stuff like that when you're flying around in space um you do get some juddering and stuff quite obvious flame frame dipping but it doesn't i don't think it really impacts the gameplay uh, the gameplay in general is still that sort still you can play it at your own pace if you want to sit on a planet and just mine every resource and build huge amounts of bases and and things like that and spend 50, 50 hours on one place. You can do that. Or you can be just go to a place to get enough resources to go to another place and mm. just spot, find as many planets as you can. You can follow the path to the center of the galaxy or you can just go anywhere and do anything. And there's no there's no other game like that. It's just incredible, the scope. And I'll always give them a pass for a few bugs and technical problems when you're dealing with an experience that ambitious. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, there's no safety net there when it's it's all that um what's what's the word pre not pre-rendered the opposite of that do you know what i mean uh, yeah, yeah 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 when it's all sort of calculated on the fly and uh, there's there's so much room for error there's gonna you're right there are going to be bugs procedurally so generated procedurally generated thank you That's when right. it's all procedural like that then obviously it's not always going to go right but it does look impressive i, I, will, I mean like one thing I've noticed is there's a lot more variety now in the worlds. They, they've added ringed planets, for example, which just looks stunning. So you'll be on a moon mm. and you'll look up and see this majestic planet rising above the horizon, you know, with a ring around it. And you're like, I want to go there. And mm. you can and you do. It's it's mad. And then you'll go there and you'll find this bizarre ecosystem with a pink sky and these tigers that are going around with wings on them. And you're like and these floating rock islands covered in geometric shapes and you're like mm. this is this is the science fiction fantasy i've always had you know <laughs> this this is incredible this is incredible uh and now like i said now it feels more alive than ever because you've got loads of different like quest giving npcs you've got like i said the ability to bump into randoms you've got giants you can have capital ships you can have fleets of freighters uh you can do all of that when you get in towards the end game when you've got loads of resources you can have freighters and big ships that travel between star systems you can have teleporters set up on your various bases on different planets so you can just teleport between them you know you can do all of this crazy shit like there's so much scope so much scope if you put the time into it you can just dominate whole areas of the galaxy if you wanted to. You can clan up with people. You can join up big groups. You can you can play however you want. And there's so much space out there that if you want to be a loner and never interact with anybody, you can do that. Cool. Awesome. awesome. I will play that again. I don't think I'll be getting the Xbox version. Unless Get the Xbox cheap. version. How much is it now? I don't know. Still like 40, 50 quid, I think. No, it's I'm full, paying it's that. A full, it's a full price release, yes. I won't. I won't deny that. 
but uh there has been some groaning about that but this you know you can buy the ps4 version for like a tenner on disc can't you but yeah it's like it's like it was two years ago and you know remember what we did with tomb raider we had that for a year and when it came out on playstation it was full price wasn't it so it's it's it goes both ways it goes both ways but yeah it it might be worth it for people who haven't got it i'm just saying i do own this game i ain't buying it on a different platform get it again on xbox anyway fair enough i'm being crazy (laughs) don't worry about it i'm just i mean i bought near twice but you know that's you buy you buy hellblade twice yeah that's hellblade hellblade is the exception because that came out at half the price it should have been so it's kind of like i've only bought it once Uh, yeah okay that's some logic dig it um but then you get you know no man's sky has got two thousand hours of gameplay in it so i bought it for what should have been you know the price should have been six hundred dollars or something you know so i got it for cheap at 50 quid Uh, so there you go there you go there's some logic that makes sense. Anyway, Hellblade is about human suffering, so therefore I should pay the price. How about that? That's probably why I didn't like it. <laughs> um, so I think I think that's been a crazy good weeks for two weeks for beautiful, beautiful games, like lots of different art styles, like some really stunning stuff coming out um, from indie at the moment. I mean, I thought it was going to be a quiet few weeks, so I was going to catch up on some old games, get some. Get some near played, you know, maybe get Octopath Traveler. No, no, it's been crazy. It's been crazy for the indie games. So much cool stuff. And there's more on my list I didn't even put on here for time reasons. So it's just just so much stuff. Um, you know, it's still quiet. Yeah, we're still only in August, so I'm not expecting a huge amount for the next two weeks. But who knows? We'll see what comes out. Because that's the thing with indie games. They just sort of go, oh, it's out now. Appeared. Uh, Dead Cells is coming out, isn't it, soon? I'm quite looking forward to trying that. Um, but uh, I've heard good things about Dead Cells. But uh, yeah, I think that's basically everything. I will say this, though. I'm going to watch NXT tonight, Richard. I am really Ooh. excited. Yeah, NXT UK. I I time. I don't I'm sure I will. Months yet. I can't remember when mine is. Might be October. Like, I, think, I want to say October. Yeah, I think yeah. that's when the tapings are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in the front row. So expect to see me on the network. I'll wave to everybody. Cool. Yeah, lot. I'm so hyped for that, man. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I've never done anything like it before. You've obviously seen some wrestling before. This is my first time. Oh, oh you'll enjoy it. Are you going to take a sign? No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> not, in the, not in the front row. What kind of a dickhead am I? I'm just going to block everybody <laughs> behind me. I know you. That that's the row where you've got to try and dress up, isn't it? So you'll be. I've got a wrestling. You'll, you'll be dying your beard blonde, will you? No. Hogan and it out? No. no. I've got a Johnny Gargano shirt. That's enough. That's okay. enough. Do you see Champa won the belt on NXT? No, I've, I've not been watching wrestling for ages. I think oh. The last thing I watched was... Uh, what was the last event that was on? Uh, Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. The one before that I watched, whatever okay. that was. I didn't watch Extreme Rules either, so it's, mm. nothing on the card really interested me. You know they're doing a female-only pay-per-view. I heard rumours of that. Yeah, there was Stephanie McMahon was going to make an announcement. There's going to be a, a female-only <sighs> pay-per-view, is it? Is that what it is? That's literally what I just said, but that, yeah, yeah. thank you for repeating it so right. you understood. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, can you care about that? Because I can't. I just, I just, I won't be watching that. Like, they'll have two good matches on a card of 10, and I'll just be like, no, no I'm good. No, thank to, you. Me, to me, that sounds like a step in the wrong direction. Um, oh, what, if- hoppering them off to the side and saying they should only play with themselves? Yeah. Don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean, Richard. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're just as good as the men, as long as they're nowhere near them. As long well, as they're nowhere this, near this them. This is it. it. It's sort of 
damning with faint praise, isn't it? To say, oh, they definitely deserve to be nothing to do with the other wrestlers. Okay. Well, that's 10 years of progress gone then. Put them in the special class. Put them in the special class, Richard. Mm. And they'll feel they'll feel extra special when pretty then. Hopefully that dies on its arse. Yeah, I heard there was a rumour of something happening. I kind of hoped it might be women's tag titles or something, but no. Nothing that interesting. Anyway, enough about the wrestling. That brings us to the end of BXP's Bits and Bobs episode 51. Thank you very much to all those who come and joined and watched us live. Once again, I apologise for not interacting with you more directly on the chat room. Uh, It's just me and Richard this week, so it's a bit difficult for me to do that as well. But thank you very much for popping along. It's been nice to have you. Um, By all means, go on iTunes, rate and review us. That really helps us for visibility. Head over to bxpgames.co.uk to read Richard's reviews of which at least one will be up probably today or tomorrow or something like that. And yeah. uh, he'll have more coming soon. Joel is also doing stuff. Though he's having a bit of a break right now, like I mentioned at the beginning, because of family stuff. There'll be more videos from me coming well, all the time. I'll have No Man's Sky review up, Overcooked's coming, Mugsters is coming. Yeah, you name it, it's on its way. Um, just busy, busy, busy. Uh, lots of, just, you know, it happens. Does it happen every year now, Richard, where we think, Oh, well, it's video the summer, it'll be quiet. Yeah. No, it'll be the summer, it'll be quiet. And then shit ton of stuff appears. I feel like that's more and more common now, isn't it? Like it used to be that you'd take a, take two months off and catch up in your backlog. Uh, yeah, it, it used to be like some. It used to be a really painful period, didn't it? Where you're like, come on, what am I going to play up, now? September, September, yeah. October. Come on, come on. Yeah, now it's now it's yeah, just hit no over twelve break. games. Yeah, it's just mad. But that's it's it's a it's a bad it's a tough problem to have, isn't it? Oh, all these awesome video games. Damn it. Yeah. Um, when March rolls around and we've got no insulin for diabetics and stuff, then yeah, we're going to look back right. on this and no, think. Don't know what you, I don't know why you're in about old days. In February, we've got all those amazing games coming out. So that's all I'll be doing in March. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't care about no insulin for diabetics. That's not my problem. I'm playing video games. Um, but yes, and on that happy note, I think I'm going to say it's goodbye from me, your host, Ben. Who I didn't, I didn't mention my name at the beginning of the show. So now you've got it at the end. And also from my wonderful co-host today, Richard. Goodbye, everyone.